Yeah. How long has it been since it's been just us? Too long. It's been a while. Too long. Yeah, Shouldn't have left weeks. you without a dope podcast to step two. Step two. Step two. You know, uh, <laughs> my, my new anthem, and uh, if, if you guys are interested, go listen to it. Little Duval, Black Men Don't Cheat. Yesterday was National Black Men Don't Cheat Day, by the way. So um, it's, what does that it's mean? good. <laughs> Black men don't cheat. That's what it means. And <laughs> yeah. So what, what was yesterday's date? June 13th? Uh, yeah, the 13th. National Black Men Don't Cheat Day. That it really is no joke. It sounds so, like a, a but black just, dude made that up, though. But just don't <laughs> cheat for that day. Is nah, funny. nah. We don't cheat in general. That's just the the rule. This is we don't cheat. It's just who we are. That's cool. I, I, that's the first I've heard of that. That's Find that song, man. It's a jam, man. Yeah. It's good. I like it. Yeah. If that's true, then what? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> moving, moving on. <laughs> I'm just messing around. Um. We were going to talk a little bit about sleep today and how to figure out how to get some sleep mm. because it's not always an easy thing. It, you think it'd be easy enough because it feels good to get sleep, um, but everyone's got like uh, everyone's got some FOMO. They don't want to go to bed when they're supposed to. They're afraid they're missing out on the basketball game or missing out on mm-hmm. the uh, ending of Game of Thrones or whatever whatever it is they're missing out on, and uh, we tend to just. I don't know. We, we tend to just kind of suck every single day at these transition periods in each day where we can probably get more from every day. I think a lot of people are like just kind of trying to get, th- get through the day rather than get stuff from the day. And if I think if you look at it as you're getting stuff from the day, <clears throat> you can find small advantages in each and every day um, rather than kind of like looking at obstacles. If you can figure out a way to kind of how do I set this day up? in a way that I can a be successful and B be really set up for the next day. I think that's what great athletes do with their workouts. That's what great power lifters do with their workouts and great bodybuilders. They leave the gym and they, they quote unquote left everything in the gym or quote unquote left everything on the mat or the field. Um, but they did just enough and they left the area just enough or left the gym just in, in a way that allowed them to come back the next day and kick some more ass too. And so like, how do we kind of figure this out? And one way to figure it out is to, is just to get some damn sleep. If you get sleep, you're not going to be fatigued. You'll make better decisions. You'll probably be on point with your diet better. You'll probably just feel better. Your mood will probably just be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's literally, it, it seems like it's the precursor for, all the good things that can happen during a day. Because first off, like you mentioned, uh, if you have, you know, full nights of sleep, like a full night of eight hours of sleep, your decision making the best day is better. So instead you have a little bit more power to choose the right things to eat than the bad things. I mean, we know that like when you're really tired and your inhibitions are low, it's much, much easier to reach towards bad food. It's much, much easier to make the decision not to work out because you're tired. It's much, much easier to do things, uh, in a less optimized way because I mean, you, you, your mind isn't as working as sharp and as, as, as well as it can. So it's literally a precursor to all the either good decisions or bad decisions that you can make during a day. But for some reason, it's the thing that uh, a majority of us, if we're going to lose out on one thing, right. We'll typically make the decision to be like, uh, I can get maybe 
uh, let me just get six hours tonight so that tomorrow I can do all the things I want to do. Or let me just stay up a little bit later so I can watch this game or, or do this thing that I don't really have to do so I can, you know, you know, wake up a little bit earlier the next day. It's the one thing that we're letting to let, we're willing to let go of. I always think it's, you know, it's easier to catch me at seven in the morning than it is to catch me at like 11 PM, you know, because I like to try to shut my day down. Um, and even if there are occasions where I stay up a little bit later, um, but even, even in those cases, I like to have the end of my day kind of shut down. I like to have the end of my day, uh, be at my house. I'm not out. I'm not at a restaurant or a bar or anything like that. I'm, I like to have the end of my days, uh, calm and relaxing. And so sometimes it's not always even just sleep, but it's getting prepared to sleep. And then something I've learned kind of the hard way is, um, you know, some people will say uh, that you have to have your workout schedule be the same every day, you know, and they'll say you, you, your sleep has to be the same every day. And I do think that you should have a routine that does help trying to get to bed at a similar time every day, uh, trying to eat at the same time every day is actually a, a huge like that's something that's very rarely talked about. Um, but just eating the same on a same schedule every single day can be hugely beneficial getting yourself to bed as if you're uh, a child um, the same time every night and waking up around the same time every day can really help you have a schedule, but it's your life. You get to do whatever you want with it and you can kind of make audibles appropriately. So for myself, I have four days a week normally that I wake up pretty damn early around three o'clock and I work out around four o'clock, four thirty, somewhere in there. But you also go to sleep kind of early on those nights. Too, I right? go to bed very early. Now, this, the key factor here is what I'm going to say next is that on Wednesday, Saturday and Sunday, when I uh, wake up about two or three hours later, I still try to go to bed around the same time. So I don't, you know, I know there's some conflicting research on like makeup sleep. Some people say that you can't get it. And some people, it, it works well enough for me. I'm sure that if I got uh, better sleep all the time, that it would probably be even more productive. Um, and it's something I always, I'm always working on just like everything else in my life. I try to try to get a little bit better at it all the time. So it's probably an area that I can still improve upon. Uh, but this is working great for me. And when Wednesday comes along and I get to sleep in a little bit, uh, I feel like a million bucks, mm. but also in some weird way, I also feel a little bit lazy and my, I have like kind of a head fog in the morning because I don't think my body is always used to uh, getting that amount of sleep. So it's definitely like a, it's definitely a different feeling, but I still need to work on. Um, unfortunately, like I'm, I'm probably waking up about an hour or half an hour earlier than I, than I should be mm-hmm. uh, on the days I'm training super early. But the reason why I do it is because of scheduling of my friend, Sean, that who we've had on the podcast for Sean provost, who owns a bunch of Dutch brothers, he has to get back home because his wife goes and does a CrossFit workout at about six o'clock. So he usually jets out of here at about five thirty, so he can go home and, and then be with his kids. And so uh, to take his excuses away, <laughs> I had to, I had to kind of say, all right, well, let's fucking work out at four in the morning. So it's all Sean's fault actually. Yeah. It's all his <laughs> fault. I mean, I love working out in the morning, but I would probably ideally work out about a half an hour later or an hour later than what we're currently doing. Yeah, I think an hour later would be would be pretty nice. Peak. Yeah, it would be a little bit more manageable because going to bed at seven or eight is hard. It's mm-hmm. very, very hard. I think probably 
you know, most of us are probably getting to bed somewhere between nine and 10 almost, you know, and that waking up at three mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or three thirty is uh, going to be uh, very difficult. But as I'm mentioning, it's your own life. You can set it up whatever way you want. So adjust your stuff accordingly, but still try to make sure you're getting a good amount of sleep for you. For myself, I've noticed that seven hours feels really good. I noticed that eight hours consistently sometimes leaves me a little bit foggy and leaves me a little bit uh, slower. Maybe it's something I need to get used to over a period of time. Uh, but for now, the seven hours is working good. And I used to only get like five or six. So mm-hmm. I, I, it's an improvement upon what I used to do. Exactly. For me, eight hours is great. <laughs> like I, 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 I try not to let that uh I try not to let that, that sacrifice, even if it's on a night and it's not ideal, if it's on a night that maybe I do have to work a little bit late. So I go to sleep at one, I'll be up at nine. Like it may sound horrible. I'm, I'm happy that I'm, I do have the freedom to do that, but I'll be up at nine. I don't want to sacrifice that because I mean, I've noticed uh, like through college, um, playing soccer and, you know, doing jujitsu now, I, I notice the, the impact that it has on the way that I perform when I get less sleep. So that, that's been something, even when I didn't know how important it was, mm-hmm. I just knew how I felt when I didn't get enough of it. And All I was right. like, okay, well, I have to get more of it or I have to make sure that I get enough every single day or else I'm not going to perform well. I think for a lot of people listening, one of the, their, their biggest gripes is like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get stronger or I'm trying to get leaner. Um, and uh, you're doing all these things as far as working out and nutrition, but you're still, you know, only getting maybe five or six hours a night. So like, like you were mentioning, um, doing little things during your day to make sure that you can save your time so you can get to sleep a little bit earlier. That's super important. Like you, you, you really should not, you should try not to let sleep be the thing that gets hit. Um, I think, uh, in that book that we were talking about, you know, guys, I mean, I'm not some sleep expert, by the way, obviously we all know this, but Matthew Walker is. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you guys are interested in like learning more about why it's so important, all the intricate aspects of it, grab that book, why we sleep. Um, or, or I don't know if it's on audible or something, but just try to try to get it because you'll, when you understand and have an idea of all the things that sleep can affect, then it's going to be very hard for you to make that decision to actually let it go. When you know what's going on and you know like how it's actually affecting you and your your health and your performance, then you'll be like, oh God, I, I can't do this. But he mentioned, uh, uh, I think, uh, Andre Iguodala of the uh, Golden State Warriors. They did like, um, a, not a study on him, but they tracked his sleep and they, they were tracking his sleep because before apparently he was getting six or seven hours a night. So they tracked his like three point percentage and you know, all these parameters on, on his performance in terms of the, the, uh, court. And then they made sure he started getting eight hours of sleep. Literally every single positive metric went out in terms of three point percentage, free throw percentage, um, lack of, uh, turnovers, everything went up in terms of performance. Um, because he started getting more sleep. So if you think about this as, as a power lifter, you're trying to get stronger, right? Or you're trying to get technique, right? Well, if you can get more sleep, your performance is going to increase and you'll probably like be able to get stronger much, much faster. Mm-hmm. It just makes sense. Yeah. And then he breaks it down. Like as far as like percentages too, like if you get six hours of sleep, you'll, you'll be you know, lacking this much percentage versus like eight hours of sleep. You'll be like 30% better than if you were to just keep working hard. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, also about like, you can't, uh, like Mark was talking about this earlier, about you can't really like make up for sleep. Yeah. So I was saying it is it's only beneficial if you get good sleep the night before you work out. 
And then if you try to catch up, like, like no, I'm going to get less sleep tonight, but tomorrow I'm going to get like way more sleep. It, yeah. it doesn't add up. So it's like, it has to be before the workout. Cause after you do get a lot more recovery, mm-hmm. but it's not as effective as the sleep before. So yeah. it's, it's really interesting. That book is huge, man. You know, it's funny. Like when I was uh, at Sac State and I was volunteering at the ER because I wanted to be a doctor, right? One of the big things I kept hearing from a bunch of the ER docs was like, Hey, uh, you know, they're there telling me because I was trying to find out all the reasons why I maybe should or shouldn't do this. And one of the big things that they were like telling me was like, I don't get really a lot of sleep. It's pretty rough. And I was like, that was one of the things I was like, mm, maybe this isn't the job for me. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't like that. I like to be rested so I can, you know, perform well. So, yeah. And also, um, you know, naps, you know, as somebody who doesn't feel like they can get, you know, sleep for eight hours straight for various reasons. Mm. Uh, that's where naps can come in uh, and be really, really helpful. What I've learned from about, you know, waking up super early and then also about napping is that it seems to me that a nap will work a lot better earlier in the day for me. It's a little bit harder to do it later in the day, but wherever you can get one in. And I think that uh, I wouldn't really worry too much about all the science behind, you know, whether it's 90 minutes or 40 minutes or don't get too caught up. Just just try to take a nap and then try to work on it and try to, you know, try to have it whatever way makes you feel good. When you nap, how long do you usually nap? It's usually probably somewhere between 30 and 40 minutes, I would say. Yeah. Every once in a while, it might be like 10. It might be just like a 10, 20 minute, like quick. It's surprising how much that can actually like make you feel better. Though. Oh, it can make you feel great. Yeah. It can make a huge difference. One thing I've noticed too is like if I'm, if I'm tired, you know, if I'm really fatigued, when I come into the gym and when I grab like a 45 pound plate, it'll feel like a hundred pound plate, <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it'll feel, I mean, just imagine just literally rolling out of bed and like grabbing a 45 pound plate. Like you wouldn't feel very strong. Like you wouldn't feel great. Um, even if you were fairly well rested, you're just not like cognitive yet. And when you're, and if you are sleep deprived, you're not really all that cognitive the whole day. It's almost like you rolled out of bed the entire day. Mm-hmm. And your your concentration levels are, are down. Your strength levels are down. Everything is just like a little bit. Everything is just a little bit compromised. And so it's important to try to, to try to figure out how can you get yourself in a better spot for the day so you can get to bed like on time. It sounds like a ridiculous thing to say it's as if you're a little kid and you got this curfew, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important. And so for myself, one of the kind of uh, – things that I've learned is I, I tend to, I'll let my guard down here and there throughout the day. Right. Like we all do. We, we all like, like to work hard and like to do all these things. And then like, sure enough, Oh shit, my hands are down. My hands are not by my face again. You know, I got to keep my hands up. And like when I was boxing, my boxing coach would hold my mitts, you know, for me. And he would say, keep your hands up, (laughs) keep your hands up. Hey, keep your hands up. Every once in a while, he'd pop me, and holy shit, does it hurt to get hit by somebody's holding mitts? You probably shouldn't do that to somebody. <laughs> but it was like, hey, dude, like I told you five times to hold your hands up. I've taught you from the time that you first started here that your hands need to be like glued to your face. So I'm not sure where the miscommunication is happening, but let me reassure you that there is a miscommunication happening by punching you 
you know, with this hard end of this mitt, you know, you just slip a jab in there and the guy could punch so fast. It wasn't even hard, but it's like, it'd give you like a fat lip. You yeah. know how bad that hurts if you ever had a fat lip. And it was like just a reminder, kind of keep those hands up. And I think throughout our day, we need to kind of keep our hands up and we need to keep trying to find and keep trying to fight for time, trying to fight for how do I set up the next day to be the best day that it can possibly be so I can be in front of it. And you know what? It sounds like a lot of work, but life is fun when you're ahead. Life feels really good when you're kicking ass, when you're getting PRs in the gym, when you're getting leaner, when you're doing all these things that you agreed that you would do, you're reading the books that you said you're going to read, you're taking action on all the things that you said you're going to do. Life feels fucking awesome when you're doing that, but you're not going to be able to do that if you're fatigued. So when I get home from work, a lot of times, one of the first things that I do is I usually go, I usually go right to the shower, take a shower, knock that out, lay out my clothes for the next day. And at five, 6 PM, like that part of my, my next morning ritual is already done because I got the clothes ready. I mean, it's pitch black in my room, you know, and I'm, I'm with my wife. Like I don't want to wake her up. So I don't turn on a lot of lights. I probably make a lot of noise, but I try not to make a lot of noise. And I try to kind of get out of there in, uh, you know, some stealth mode. So I don't bother her cause she wakes up about an hour later than I do. And she goes swimming. Um, <clears throat> but everything's already kind of set up for that next day for it to be a little more efficient. So find in your day, find where there's a spot where maybe you're sitting on the couch or maybe there's, you know, just this like lull. And I'm not saying you can't ever rest or take a break, but find a, a dead spot where no one else needs you for anything in particular. Because when I come home, my wife a lot of times is like cooking dinner. My kids don't care that I'm home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're off doing their own thing. And uh, I'm like, well, no one cares about me for the moment. So I don't have any responsibilities. I'm going to go and do the, and take a shower, be ready for the next day and lay out my clothes. And that's where I, uh, you know, find a small advantage towards making my next day a little bit better. Yeah. And one big thing is like right now, if you might be maybe sleep deprived or if you, if you know you're only getting five or six hours a night, if, if you just have the confidence that if you can do this now, because right now you might feel that you're okay, uh, but you might feel that it might be a little bit hard to do these things. If you do what, what Mark's talking about here, you optimize your day so that you can get a little bit more sleep. The next day you're going to feel a little bit more, a little bit better. And because you're more well rested and it'll be easier to do that the next day because like you, you have more rest. And then the next day, if you're able to do this more and more often, you're just going to be feeling better and better and better. It's going to be almost like you, you had kind of a little bit of a shade over your eyes before, but now all of these habits are easier because you're making better decisions and it's easier to make better decisions. You know, I, I feel like it'd be so difficult, um, you know, turning down bad food, et cetera. Uh, I could, I can see why people find it so difficult just because it's like, I think, um, first off, Dr. Lester Lee talked about how much, right. You know, uh, lack of sleep can affect hormonal levels, but it can also affect things like, you know, ghrelin, which is your mm -hmm. hunger hormone. If you're sleep deprived, ghrelin goes up by a bunch and you're always feeling hungry and leptin, that hormone that makes you stop eating that hormone goes down when you're sleep deprived. Yeah. So I've said it on the podcast before. It's like you get the munchies when you don't sleep. Exactly. So, so like you want to make these good decisions, but your body's literally working against you telling you, you can't do it. And if you just 
do this simple thing and try to like, you know, do different things during your day so you can get more rest, all of those decisions will be so much yeah. easier. Uh, somebody on Facebook asked this question um, or a similar question to this. Uh, basically, they, they work a, uh, a long, long uh, 12 hour shift, seven day, like they whatever, they work hard. Um, how much uh, would you guys sacrifice like a training day to catch up on sleep instead of doing it every single day? Well, like maybe doing it every other day, that sort of thing. Well, somebody that, that works a lot, they might be able to, um, you know, almost like work out every other day. So that would entail that, you know, some weeks they would work out three days a week and other days and other weeks they'd work out four days a week if they trained every other day. Right. And they might be able to like, you know, get a lot of, get a lot of sleep just by doing something like that. Cause through a three day a week, uh, lifting program, uh, should allow you to get, you know, pretty good sleep. Another thing you could do is, and Seema and I were just talking about this, um, get some bang for your buck in the, in the gym and, uh, figure out what, what in a gym is like taking you forever anyway. Maybe just get rid of that exercise. Like deadlifts are great and deadlifts have great bang for their buck, but if you're spending an hour on them and you're trying to figure out, you know, how do I spend more time with my wife? How to spend more time with my kids? Or how do I, you know, work on some of these things these guys are talking about? If your workout's taking you two and a half, three hours, um, maybe you need to take out whatever's causing the biggest problem there. And it, it's okay to go in and uh, have different workouts for a while. You know, it's okay to start a workout with uh, RDLs rather than just starting a workout out with deadlifts. Because I know once we get into a powerlifting workout, especially someone like Encima who's lifting 755, it's like if you're lifting 700 plus pounds on a deadlift, it's going to take us a while to go from one plate to six plates to seven plates and so on, right? So while those exercises are great and they ha they do have a lot of bang for, your, bang for their buck, you might want to try to decipher like how am I going to use these exercises? Like you want to get through a workout really fast on deadlifts, try uh, some snatch grip deficit deadlifts for sets of 10. Your workout's going to be over really fast because you know how much weight you're going to use? Yeah. Not very much. Mm -hmm. Maybe 315, maybe 405 if you're strong, but it's going to be brutal. And you'll be done with those deadlifts very quickly. You can maybe move into one or two other exercises that you feel are really efficient and you can be out of there. You yeah. save a lot of time that way. Just tell everybody what we did this morning. Because like we, <laughs> volume wise, I mean, we did quite a bit, but we didn't, like you only went up to, I think, 405. Mm -hmm. I only touched two plates today and I still, Deadless? yeah, I, okay. I'm still torched from it. It killed me. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like I, I've just been trying to do a little bit more reps. I've been trying to make sure that my training makes me feel better rather than make me feel worse is one of my goals. And so we did 315 on the trap bar for a few sets. And like set number one, I did a set of 10. Then I did a set of 15. And the last set, I did a set of 20. And then, um, you know, I, I kind of like to, I don't know, I, I like to make the workout harder. When everybody thinks it's about to get easier, I like to kind of like mix things up and, and give everybody a little trick, give everybody a little present. Yeah. And so I went to 405 and then I did that for 10. And then, of course, my brother did it for 10. And a couple other guys jumped in and were they were hand, they were fired up. And mm. that's what I love to do. I love to like kind of lead by example. Like, hey, let's, you know, this is normally where the workout would come back down. No, let's let's rev it back. Let's rev it back up. and Let's keep going up that mountain together. And so we did that. And then we were done with that. We, we actually broke off into a conditioning workout because again, Sean's got to get out of the gym early. I want to make sure he gets a good workout. So I'm like, Oh shit. Now we got to switch back to a conditioning workout. And then we're going to finish with hypertrophy. The workout from a strength conditioning standpoint doesn't really make any sense. 
uh, most strength coaches would take a giant poop all over this uh, workout, but it is what it be, right? It just is the way it is. And so uh, we uh, we did some hammer stuff, um, and uh, we did a set where we did 15 pounds all the way up to 40 pounds, mm-hmm. and then we did wall balls in between that. And then we were done with all that shit. We came back um, to the uh, trap bar and did some hypertrophy work with our heels elevated, kind of in like a hack squat uh, type of fashion. But the workout didn't take very long, right, Andrew? I mean, it was like. No, I mean, you know, <clears throat> in perfect Andrew fashion, I showed up a little fit, like 15 minutes late. Fashionably. Yeah. Yeah. No, in Andrew fashion. Like that's, that's, <laughs> that's my style. Uh, whatever, whatever the time is, you can add 15 minutes for me in the morning. Uh, but no, I, I got there and I seen everybody was on the trap bar. So I'm like, oh shit. Like, uh, like, Hey Mark, is it cool if I just set up another bar? Cause like, you know, I don't want to slow anybody down. Cause I, I don't know what the plan is. Right. I'm thinking I see two, three plates. They're probably going to go up, you know, five, six, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, no, just hop in there. I'm like, oh, sick. Okay. So, you know, pretty rough night of sleep. So picking up 135 was, oh boy, here we he, go. He kind of asked me, like, he didn't really want to do it. <laughs> Partially, I was yeah. like, should I, should I set up on a different bar? I'll set up the 25. He wanted me to say yes so bad. And I was like, no, nah, man, jump in there. Dude. Well, and then the, yeah, the, the, the pink Olympic bar was already kind of out there on the wagon wheels. Yeah. He was looking at that hard. I was like, what are you <laughs> I was he, looking at it. Yeah, he was eye fucking it pretty bad. <laughs> it was calling me. I was like, "Hey, what's up?" Oh, but man. anywho, uh, yeah, I, I seen Mark was going high reps. I'm like, "Okay, cool." So then I was trying to get above ten mm-hmm. each time, but you know, a couple sets through, uh, it didn't take very long. And then the conditioning with the um, uh, whatever those are called, sledgehammers. Yeah, and I thought that was going to be it. And then he loads up the uh, the trap bar again, and I'm like, oh man, here we go! Like that that last that dude that the the death trap is what we call it. The death trap, yeah. Like when elevated heels, you know, it's it's um, dude, it's it's brutal. Yeah. But it, but I mean, all in all, like we normally get out of here between six thirty and seven. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking in my head as you guys are texting last night, like, oh, dude, I'm gonna be sweaty all day. Like I'm not gonna have time to go home and shower. It didn't come back for work. So I looked up and I'm like, oh, it's barely six o'clock. Mm. Like, all right, Mark, I'm going to get out of here so I can go get cleaned up and come back and not be all, you know, whatever. Yeah. So it was a very quick workout, but I'm still beat from it. Mm-hmm. So it, it was very like the, you know, bang for your buck. Like, dude, it worked today. We, yeah, we got our money's worth for yeah. sure. Yeah. No, I, I like, I like really like supersetting stuff together yeah. because supersetting takes like, like saves time. Like for example, on a certain day, I'll maybe, if I plan on doing some rows or something, I'll do some penlay rows and I'll superset that with overhead press. Or I'll maybe superset, like, I maybe superset like, some rows with a squat because they don't really get too much in the way of each other. And then literally all of my smaller movements, I'll find a way to superset them with each other. So we were just talking about, like, maybe a, a bicep curl with a leg press or a hamstring curl with a, a shoulder press. Because those movements, if you do a hamstring curl, you can still go do a full set of shoulder presses without it being affected right. by the amount of load you can move. And if you can set your workout that way so every single movement doesn't affect each other and you can go from one to the other and maybe take 30 second or 45 seconds rest in between you could save yourself a good hour to hour and a half oh, yeah. on that whole workout you don't have to spend that long in the gym. yeah and how good is like dog crap training Ooh, like i mean dude. explain dog crap training to me because i don't remember it 
Oh, okay. I've heard of it, but well, I don't remember. Uh, just just take any any movement where you can get a like high reps, so um, lat pull downs. Mm-hmm. So you'll you'll find where twenty reps is like that's it. Like I maybe have one or two more to go. Yeah. Okay, so that's half. Like it's almost one set there. You break for five seconds or like five breaths, and then you do five more reps. Oh, so rest pause. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So like the thought is but like you do five of them in a row. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the thought is like, okay, 20 right here is where I'm at. And then I drop down for five seconds and then back up to five. You know, Dog so crap training is it's, wild, man. It's, it's really good. I like it. It really works really well. Uh, Dante Tridell is the guy who created it. Um, he was a pro bodybuilder for a few years Had like, you know, 20 plus inch arms just jacked. Right. Um, but the interesting thing is like, <laughs> it, I mean, it might only, t- how, how long does it take to do, to do it? Like, cause you do two exercises. So it's like, uh, not, not, I mean, fuck dude, you might be done in 12 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You, and and totally so done. Them. Yeah. Like I done, like, done. <laughs> maybe like, uh, I mean, you kind of, it's one of those things. It's like, you kind of need straps if you're going to train back. Cause you, just your hands are going to die. Your mm. forearms are going to die. But, um, other than that, I mean, it's super convenient. Mm-hmm. It's a super convenient way to to get something done. You want to talk about chasing the pump. Like, dude, if you do any kind of back workout with it, your lats are just, it's so nice. Yeah. And you can modify it, too. I mean, like, you know, he, he Dante set it up so you do a little bit higher rep, and by the time you're done, you end up with, like, 50 reps. But if you wanted a different stimulus and you wanted to go heavier, you could certainly do it that way, too. You can do mm-hmm you know, the heaviest set of uh, six or eight or something that you can handle with like dumbbells or something. And you could, you know, work, work your way uh, down for those, for those five sets. Yeah. But another thing you can do too, um, you can mix muscle groups that have nothing to do with each other as well. Like, so you got opposing muscle groups. You have like a bicep and a tricep or chest and back chest and back workouts can be awesome. I used to do those quite a bit. Uh, in between bench pressing, I would do like pull-ups and, mm-hmm. and things like that and go back and forth. And that always felt really good. And you get a really cool uh, pump. And it actually kind of, it, it somehow it kind of, it would like open up my shoulders a little bit more for bench pressing when I would do lat work in between. It just felt really, really good. It felt like I was able to contract my chest more. And then when I went over to the back exercise, I felt like I was able to contract my back more. But in addition to that, you can do muscles that just have nothing to do with each other. Like you could do uh, biceps and in between doing biceps, you could do, um, like a step up or something like yeah. that. Or like I demonstrated the other day, uh, some rotator cuff ex- exercise. Cause most people have bad posture and their shoulders are shitty from trying to go too heavy on a bench press. So there's so many different ways you can mix things, mix, mix these things up. But I think that, um, you know, a lot of us love being in the gym and we love, we love training. Uh, but we make the mistake of maybe being there for too long sometimes. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I working out for three hours. I remember when I used to do that here. I can't do that anymore. I like I had to shorten up my workouts. Um, it, yeah, it just it, it can't happen anymore. So. It's a, it's a it's like um, it's a sacrifice. You know, you got to make because like you want to hang out with everybody. Yeah, mm. you want to kick it with everybody, but you can't. Like, and I, same thing when I'm you know at home. And, uh, you know, my wife and I, we eat dinner. We watch, we watch TV for a little bit. I watch about an hour or 45 minutes of TV. That's, that's what I have. She'll look at me and she'll be like, you want to watch another one? I'm like, I can't. I gotta go to bed. Like yeah. I, yes, I, yes, I'd love to do this with you, mm-hmm. but I can't, I got shit to do. I gotta, you know, I gotta be up in the morning and I gotta, 
kick ass and and again try to set my day up so it can be the best day and her and i have plenty of time together so it's Mm -hmm. not like it's not like i'm compromising that just so i can wake up early and train yeah yeah last night i there was 39 seconds left of the uh, basketball game that took forever it took like four hours i don't i don't know how it ended Oh, the Raptor! Wait, you don't know the Raptors won? We are the North. I mean, I'm gonna do what like Warriors fans did a couple of years ago and oh. be like, I'm a lifelong Raptors fan. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we finally did it. The North. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, taking it back to the classics like Vince Carter and uh, uh, Vince Carter, and you know those guys. Those are my my heroes. I Yo. promise. Bandwagon. What? Yo. No, 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 no. Real no. quick though, Real Air quick Canada, though. son. We don't talk about basketball much here, but. Let, 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 let's just let's just mention this quick. Kawhi Leonard, right? Yeah. Of the Raptors last year, he was on the Spurs. The whole organization, including Pop, who's the coach, where right, they were all getting pissed at Kawhi because he had this major injury that, like, he himself as an athlete knew, I can't play this season. If I play, I'm going to get hurt. His teammates were like, "Oh, you had, we've had worse injuries than you." They were <laughs> dogging him on it, right? Right? Okay. And he goes to the Raptors. He wins. Kevin Durant. It really sucks what happened to KD because you know how he got injured. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he injured his calf in a game, a few, not the last game. This but is the game before, yeah. The game before, but not, he had an injury before oh, yeah, he yeah, came right. back. You're right, you're right. They, yeah. like, and he had like an ankle thing and then he had a calf thing, I think, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. he ended up tearing his Achilles recently. But the thing is, mm-hmm. when you look at KD and you see all the pressure around him to be like, get on the court, get on the court, get on the court. He may have known, like, hey, maybe this isn't the best idea, but I got to do it for my team. Mm -hmm. And an Achilles injury for basketball players, like, the worst thing that could possibly happen. Kobe had it, and he was scared that he'd never play again. Yeah. You know? But he never was the same. He was never the same. He was never the same. And it's just that kind of thing where, like, as an athlete, just, like, Think of the long, think of the long game. I think when I heard Kawhi say that, I was just like, okay, that's, that's smart. You know, you have an injury. If you can't work through it, just think of the long game because if, if you can if you can survive that, like good things can happen. Mm-hmm. But it's just uh it's so crazy. Man. It's hard to stay in your own lane, you know? Like you I I mean, that amount of pressure is insane. Yeah. Right? Like we're just we're just talking about like hanging out as bros. <laughs> <laughs> really not yeah. a lot of pressure, you know. Like I just wanna like, you know, when Seema and Andrew and stuff come in the gym, I just wanna chat with you guys because mm-hmm. we're friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not the same, right? Like this is, uh, this is a different level. Yeah. But, uh, yesterday when we were bench pressing, uh, Josh came in, Josh, uh, Setledge came in and he saw us benching and I, and I was like, Oh, what do you got for today? He's like, I got bent, I got a bench press too. And I was like, Oh, you want to hop in? He, and Josh is like, he follows shit to the teeth. That kid, you know, is is like his own drill sergeant somehow, yep. right? Like he's not gonna, he's not gonna waver off of any plan, right? He's like, nope, I gotta do my warm up, and there he goes into his normal warm up that he always does. Josh is disciplined. Yeah, he is. He's like stretching and foam rolling and <laughs> doing all these different things. And I kind of went over to him and I was like, I was messing with him and stuff, but I was like, no, I think that's great. You know, you're staying in your own lane. You're doing your thing the way that you're. This is what you're supposed to do. And if you get excited and you come over and you're all fired up and you bench press with us, you're supposed to take 185 instead of 225. You're saying, screw it because 225 is on there. And then what happens? Yeah. And you hurt your shoulder because you just wanted to be like hanging out with us. And it doesn't actually really make any sense because it doesn't help you towards your goal at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You it, slow yourself down sometimes and just think mm-hmm. like, 
how is this helping me? This isn't really helping me. Mm -hmm. It's really easy. You said something the other day. I think it it takes more courage to uh, back off of a weight (laughs) than to actually go and do it. And Mm -hmm. and I've been in so many of those situations where I just like, uh, I, I can't do this. This is not like a we good were messing idea. with you one day because you had like tens and fives. And we're like, come on, dude. We only use quarters and plates around. <laughs> Remember, you're like bent over road or something. Yeah. You're like, nope. And, <laughs> and you wouldn't waver. But like, that's great. Like, it's that's the way it should be. Like, this is what I'm doing for today. Yeah. Everybody else can go screw themselves. Yeah. You know, I, I, I always mention this. I feel like even if you're not someone who works with people, um, if you've ever worked with uh, like a trainer or a coach, and now you're working out on your own, try to look at everything like someone's looking over your shoulder. Try to make your decisions that way. Um, Because if you do, you'll probably always make much better decisions in terms of maybe backing away or maybe potentially even pushing yourself. But um, I feel like the longest lasting athletes, the ones that are able to do it for a long time, treat themselves with that kind of respect. Like always try to treat themselves like they were trying to help somebody else out. So try to do that. You treat yourself with the care that you would uh, have for um, training your aunt or training mm-hmm. your girlfriend or something like that. Like you would, or your mom, you'd be like, mom, like, you know, I'm going to show you how to deadlift and we're going to, we're going to start with the bar. She'd be like, Oh, we're just, you know, I could, maybe she gets excited and maybe she feels she can lift more. No, that's what we're doing for today. We're doing the bar, you know, and maybe the person can lift, you know, with the tens on each side or whatever, but and you have them go through some of those progressions and feel it out. And they might get excited. They might want to do more. And you're like, nope, that's where we're going to stop. Mm-hmm. But we'd never do that for ourselves. We never like stop. We never, uh, we never stop ourselves before it's too late. Yeah. You know, we're always like, ah, screw it. I'll just do what he did. Yeah. We get to be lazy almost yeah. about it. After a bench yesterday, I'd said like, man, I feel like I still have a lot left in the tank. And you joked, but then you said like, well, that's kind of how you want to feel. I said, I want to see this tank, yeah. this tank of yours. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I feel like I have so much left in the tank. He's like, I want to see this tank. And I'm like, all right, maybe I feel like I have a little bit left. <laughs> <laughs> Instantly was like, oh, really? Like kind of called my bluff. Yeah. But he said like, that's how you want to feel. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, when you're like driving home, you know, you don't want to be like sobbing that you gave it everything you got and that you still suck. You want to think to yourself, that was a great workout. And you know what? I bet next time I could probably do a lot more weight because like that actually felt pretty easy. I got yeah. a lot. I got a lot more in me. I I imagine it'd be similar like in jujitsu when you're working on certain drills and stuff. And it, it probably can get to a point where you get so fatigued. But you're like, this doesn't make sense for me to keep practicing this anymore. It's like too frustrating. I get come back. That's enough for today. That's a that's a great amount of learning for today. I learned some of the skills that I need to learn. I'm gonna sleep on it, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I go home, I'm gonna rest. And when you come back, it like all of a sudden starts to click. And yeah. all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I could do the move that we that I've been frustrated about for three weeks. Yeah. And it's funny because that sleep, I don't even want to go back to the sleep thing, but that, that, that's what happens, man. Like when you're sleeping and you're resting, your mind is like, like pretty much cementing a lot of the things that you did or learned during the day. And if you don't get enough of that, then your mind can't cement those things that you learned during the day. The next day you just might be just as shitty as the day before if you didn't. So you're totally right though. You know, especially in jujitsu, I, I, I really make sure, you know, especially as I work all these different techniques that I, I, I get enough rest because I, I notice when I when I don't uh, next day it is harder to do it but when I do it's like the things that I was drilling become more natural I don't need to think as much about it I can I can just do it it's crazy 
really is. <laughs> I think uh, Matthew Walker was all, he also has kind of talked about how you basically in your sleep, whether you realize it or not, you walk yourself through a lot of the day that you just went through, right? Mm -hmm. So if you were practicing uh, free throws and you were working on it and you were thinking about keeping your elbow in and the way you were shooting your rhythm and all these things, I think that gets replayed yeah. when you're sleeping, yeah. right? And so it's like, you're gonna, and they've even done studies and they show people come back 30% better, 40% mm -hmm. better when they had better rest because mm -hmm. they are like literally relearning. This is being like reintroduced to you while you're sleeping. It's uh, almost like that scene in the matrix. Like he's like, I want to learn jujitsu and they implant it in their, their it, head. I think I your dream sequence yeah, can it be really, like that too. Yeah, it really is that because your, your mind doesn't know the difference between imagining it or actually doing it. So when you mm -hmm. actually do step up to the mat or whatever it is, you've already played it in your head. You're like, oh wait, yeah, this we're just doing this again. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. How long are your workouts nowadays? Because you usually are kind of in and out of there. About Usually I try to get it to be an hour 15, hour 30. The hour 15 to an hour 30. That's minutes. reasonable. You got yeah. a, a warm up, right? Mm -hmm. And you got some stretching usually on your way out, right? Yeah. And so it's like 40 minutes, 45 minutes of... The stretching I don't count as part of the workout. Okay. The stretching's just like on its own. I do that mm -hmm. afterwards. But um, the warm up and the workout typically take an hour 15, hour 30. Um, and it's cool also because since I am like so flexible now my warm-up doesn't take me 30 minutes anymore my warm maybe takes me about like literally about 10 five ten minutes you feel ready to go as yeah. soon as your heart rate's up and your body temperature is up right mm -hmm. yeah and then I, I i get at it finish it go do my uh usually stretch and then go to jujitsu usually and i never i never see you doing anything like fancy you're always just doing simple stuff like um i see you doing overhead presses and bent over rows and deadlifts and now you may may not be you're not you don't have the same frequency that you used to have right in terms of the some of the power lifts that right yeah my frequency for my squatting decreased I usually squat one time a week my deadlifts I wasn't able to deadlift this week yet but I'll probably try and deadlift during the weekend so I usually deadlift once if if it's a good week and I feel good I'll deadlift twice during that week um, rowing I do rowing twice OHP I do quite a bit I do a lot of OHP and a lot of controlled eccentric OHP because of the issues that I was having with my shoulder um, you know, uh, with jujitsu, as it became more mobile, um, something happened where my shoulder would like uh, or subluxate, right. subluxate. So it like would move around there. And it's because there is a period of time where I actually lowered my frequency of overall shoulder movements. So what happened was the the tendons weakened in strength faster than the muscles did. Mm. So because the muscles are so active, it would just move around in right. there. So I started doing a lot of that. It repaired. and I just maintained that a lot. I maintain a lot of control eccentric movements and a lot of the movements I do now, um, I control. But that's helped a lot. Just uh, lo like lowering the weight slowly on an overhead press. Lowering the weight slowly, bringing it up and controlling it. And I actually, I don't only do that on the OHP. I try to do that for a lot of my different movements. Um, not like maybe biceps it, and stuff. Is it hard? Like does your shoulders, like do your shoulders like get lit on fire when you're doing yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they, they really do. Um, but they've been getting a lot stronger with that weight too. So I, yeah. I've, I haven't had any of those issues like at all, not even remotely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about uh, ART? I think if you need it, um, mm -hmm. if you need to get it, there was a period of time that I went to an ART specialist a bit, uh, I think like two and a half years ago. But, but I also think that um, it really just depends on what you've got because as I started 
as I started stretching more and like doing a little bit of mobility stuff, I haven't needed to do anything like that in a very, very, mm-hmm. very long time. Yeah, I'm just so. asking because I just recently, um, you know how I, was, I told you I was training and I got coached by uh, Coach Marco at the gym. Yeah. So we ended the session with like some pretty hardcore, well, in my opinion, hardcore um, like ART stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, I don't <laughs> I don't know, man. It's grueling and I, I don't know if I like really understand the benefits of it. Oh, they work. Were they working on something specific on you, or um, it just kind of stretching everybody out? But I had mentioned I'm like, hey, like my lower back is like it's you know it's a really big mm-hmm. issue. So like, don't even you know like we're right. just on the floor in the gym, you know. So it was just um like all like upper body, so like chest, uh, pecs, like dig dug deep into my armpits. Like I even started like bleeding at one point. I was like, oh my gosh, oh god, yeah. Well, it's because like he got like dug deep into my armpit, and like my armpits are like uh. Like, uh, like I can't find a deodorant that doesn't just make me peel for some Ah, weird reason. So like, yeah, (laughs) broke the skin, (laughs) but, uh, and then the forearms and everything. And I don't, I I did have a really good bench day this week. I don't know if that has anything to do with it or the fact that I just been getting stronger and eating and no longer natty, but (laughs) no longer natty. I think, uh, you know, back to kind of what Nassim was saying is like, um, if you're, if you're mobile, then your tissues are probably going to slide around and move around the way that they need to. They probably won't be obstructed. You know, I've had this, uh, this elbow pain for a while. Um, and I would imagine that if my shoulder mobility was better, the elbow pain would go away. And I, from, uh, a few months ago, uh, one of our guests uh, showed me like a tricep shoulder stretch and I've been doing that and I do it almost every day. I do some version of it almost every day and it's helped a lot. The pain has dissipated a lot. And if I did the stretching uh, as much as I'm supposed to, it would probably would be totally gone. In addition to that, I think a lot of times people need a lot of chiropractic and a lot of um, active release therapy or somebody to like help them stretch or whatever because their their programming's not great. You know, or it could just be, uh, they could have done a couple contests in a row because when you compete, things are going to get unhealthy quickly. If you compete in anything and you compete multiple times in a year, maybe you're going to start to get banged up. And maybe because of that, it makes sense to, uh, get your neck worked on or get your shoulders worked on to keep, to keep them uh, healthy. But yeah, a lot of times you don't really need a lot of that stuff. The controlled eccentrics are, are huge. For injuries anybody listening to this podcast right now with any injury um start out with something really ridiculously light you know um just just you know just take that advice just to have it be super light i don't even want to associate it with a percentage because i don't think there's a reason to just start very very light and when you move slow you only need like six to ten reps because uh you'll you'll find out quickly what I'm talking about. You'll be in some excruciating pain because it's going to be very, very difficult. But let's say that doing an overhead press is a big no-no for you. Let's say you can't do it because your shoulders hurt. Take a five, take a 10-pound dumbbell, whatever that weight is that you can do, and try to perform very strictly uh, 10 repetitions coming down nice and slow, controlling the weight, not pausing at the bottom, not pausing at the top, and not even really locking any of them out stay in a good consistent rhythm you'll get so much blood to the area and i think that's how the healing process is really working so you got like you know don't overdo it 
get a lot of blood in the area and um, just make sure you're not working out like an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, a lot of powerlifters listen to this, but when you do some of your accessories, really think of it like a bodybuilder. Um, a lot of bodybuilders, their focus isn't on just moving the most load possible or getting in the most volume, even though volume is super important. Their focus is that they feel whatever movement that they're doing, the specific muscle group that they're trying to work. What I've seen a lot of is like, for example, like a, a hammer strength row, right? You know how guys, it, now, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about that chest supported row that you have in the gym where you can put your chest on it and you you can row with both hands or a single hand. I see a lot of guys load four or five plates on there and they're just going at it, right? I don't need anything but maybe two plates. Mm-hmm. I could get a crazy pump and stimulation with a single plate on that thing because I really focus on only pulling back with my lat. I could do four plates, but I've, I haven't done four plates on that machine in the longest time because when I do that, I can feel my biceps compensating and taking a little bit of the load. I can feel a lot of other muscle groups that I'm not trying to work helping me out with that movement. So I'll do two plates or maybe two plates and a, and a quarter and people will think it's super light, but you, do you see what this is doing on my back? Like really think about that. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing a lot of these movements, really focus on your, that muscle group you're trying to work. Don't, don't just load it up because you could do more. Cause yeah, maybe you can tricep push down the whole rack, but then how much are your shoulders and maybe your back and all these other muscle groups you're getting involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some of your favorite, um, accessories for the deadlift? A question came in earlier and just didn't get a chance to get to it. Accessories for the deadlift. Yeah. I love pause deadlifts. I love double yeah. pause deadlifts. Um, so pause deadlifts, um, you should, when you, when you, if you do program these, think about where maybe your, your worst point is. My initially, I worked a lot of pause deadlifts from the ground, meaning that once the bar left the ground, I would pause that immediate section okay. because what would happen for me is I would lose my hip position immediately when I started the pull. My hips would rise and I would kind of go forward. So I'd focus on using a fairly light load. And once I break the ground, pausing and holding that good position to get myself used to not tipping over. And that problem fixed. Some people have a really bad problem with locking out on the deadlift at their knees. So maybe they'll get to their knees and they'll start shaking. So use a really light load and pause the deadlift at the knees, hold that position well, and then drive your hips through explosively. Um, I really dig pause deadlifts. Uh, Block pulls, I like a lot too. I like those. Um, In terms of movements that I think also helped me in terms of positioning. I think the pen lay row was really good for me in terms of my back position for my deadlift um, because it helped me to really maintain good position while strengthening my back. I know there's people that like Kayler Willems did the uh, pulls. Mm-hmm. Those are cool too. The Ed Cone deadlifts, ones yeah. where you keep consistent tension. Those are really good also. And then obviously I think anything that helps strengthen the back, the hamstrings, the glutes, all of those are good accessories, but direct deadlift stuff. I just really, really like pause deadlifts. Yeah. I think, you know, people can get a little carried away about having their accessories be so different mm-hmm. than the actual movement. Um, I do think some lat work can really come into play because the, the grip is involved. Forearms are involved. Biceps are involved. All these muscles are involved in a deadlift, but, you know, this kind of idea of like, you know, heavy one arm dumbbell rows are going to really improve your deadlift uh, drastically. I, I think they they can in some certain situations, but I think the best bang for your buck is going to be uh, deadlift variations, you know, some mm-hmm. form of deadlift variation. I even consider a bent over row a deadlift variation um, just because you are already in like a deadlift position uh, as you're doing the movement, kind of no matter how you do it. Um and I think uh, 
this other idea too of like building up the posterior chain is going to really build up a strong deadlift. I think it's kind of a misconception. I think the central nervous system still needs to be attacked through heavy weight through. And that's why I'm saying other forms of deadlifting is, is where it's at for assistance exercises. And I would say the same thing on bench and the same thing on squat, but this idea of like doing GHRs and building up your, your hamstrings (laughs) is not really going to be the thing that's going to help you pull 800 pounds. Mm Mm-hmm. It, it can assist the whole process because ultimately at some point your hamstrings are going to go, holy shit, this is heavy weight. And they may need, need, they may need to contract and be on board with what you're doing. So they may need to be put together really well. They may need to be strong enough to handle what you're going to try to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wouldn't really look at it as that being a builder. I'd go back to what Ensema said earlier, treat your assistance exercises like a bodybuilder and really think about them. Powerlifting we don't often have enough time to really think about stuff because we're doing a squat, we're doing a deadlift, doing a bench, and a lot of times it's over 70% of our max, and too often it's probably in the 90% range. And what can you think of, you know, with 90% of your max? Nothing, right? Oh, holy shit, I hope I don't die. Mm. <laughs> That's all you can really kind of think about. So, you know, you probably have heard, you know, bodybuilders in the past say, you know, think big, eat big, right? That, that whole concept. That's a great concept to have. And that's what you should be thinking when you're doing your assistance exercises. So when you're trying to have something transfer over, you know, back into uh, a certain lift, doing your tricep pushdowns, again, that's not going to build up a big bench press. Um, And I I think having a larger muscle can can help you because you can have uh, better leverages. So having bigger triceps, having bigger biceps, they can help but it's not going to be the main driver of what's going to turn your central nervous system on and uh, have it ingrained into your body on how to bench press bigger weights. It's only going to assist you in a very small way. So rather than kind of thinking of like, I'm going to blast these assistance exercises real heavy, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to work on increasing the muscle size and I'm going to work inward on myself and I'm going to work inward on uh, my drive to keep kind of pushing forward the mental aspect of the game. And then also too, almost like you're looking inside the muscle and you're trying to work the attachments of the muscles, um, trying to work. Like if I have elbow pain, I'm trying to think of the connective tissue. I'm trying to think of everything. I'm trying to think of all the little different things that are in there. And I'm actually visualizing the bench press sometimes when I'm doing some tricep exercises or if I'm working on, um, a pause deadlift, I might be thinking about, if I'm working on a pause deadlift, I might be thinking about, uh, getting back to deadlifting over 700 pounds again. Mm-hmm. So when I'm doing it, even though the weights are lighter because the pause makes it more challenging, I'm still thinking that there's 700 pounds in there. I want to lift it like an animal and I want to do it the right way, but I have an appropriate weight on there that allows me to think and allows me to feel because if you can't think and you can't feel it, it's going to be really hard to learn it. Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, one one more thing that I think might be really beneficial for uh, anybody, like you, you, you mentioned that you don't want to make too much of a departure from that movement, you know, to, to actually strengthen that movement. Um, something that helps uh, help my sumo deadlift a lot was actually, I think, working conventional deadlift for a while also, because there were a lot of weaknesses that I had throughout the ranges of motion of that movement. Um, and there was a period of time at the old gym when I was really for like three months just conventional deadlift progressing that because I think my best at that time was maybe like 640. So by the time my conventional deadlift 
hit 700 on that in the gym. I think my sumo deadlift got stronger in the time that I wasn't working conventional because there were some things that weren't, um, the, the, the weaknesses that I had in the conventional, well, they helped some of the weaknesses that I may have had in my sumo. And one thing that I notice actually a lot is that um, individuals that I work with that pull conventional, there, there'll be a period of time that I'll have them pull sumo for a bit. And it'll help them get used to using their hips better because sumo, as you guys both know, is super hip driven. Then when they move back to conventional, they're better at activating that area when they're doing conventional pulls and their conventional ends up actually getting much stronger in the period that their sumo got stronger. So whatever the movement is, you know, maybe you're trying to progress your bench press, you're trying to progress your squat. If you're not close to a meet, maybe take some time out, maybe try and progress a front squat for a little bit doesn't need to be half a year could be just right. two three months mm-hmm. maybe try and progress a, a close grip bench press for for a period of time uh because and notice might, he yeah. said notice he said two or three months i don't think people have patience for that mm. i don't think no, people, you're right <laughs> i don't i don't think they do i don't think they're sticking out like they're not they're not using their assistance exercises for like long enough periods of time you know i, I like to switch up a lot of things but i still normally even though I'm not trying to be the strongest powerlifter in the world, I still normally will keep an assistance exercise in for a while and then try to learn how to master it, try to gain something from it. And then it's like, ah, I feel tapped out on it or I'm bored of it. I'm going to move it out and try something different. Some of the kind of fluff and puff, as I like to call it, the stuff later in the workout that that I might do just uh, to kind of bro out at the end of the session to feel good and get a good sweat going, get the Mm -hmm. heart rate up. Those kinds of things, those can be interchangeable. It's not a huge deal, like cable crossover. Like, who really gives a shit, right? There's certain movements, a lat pull down. It's like, that could be changed. You could change different handles, and you could do them whatever the hell way you want. It doesn't matter a ton. But when it comes to kind of these, um, as I like to call them, secondary barbell movements or secondary movements, yeah, you got to leave them in there for a while because you got to get better at them. You got to get stronger at them. And anyone that's programming out there, uh, that's that's worth worth a shit. They they know that and they'll do that for you. They'll make sure that your your um, assistance exercises are in there for a while because you got to be able to build them up, just like you build up, uh, just like you build up your bench press, just like you build up your squat. A movement that I really like a lot that helped me a lot that I haven't really even shown much or um, yeah, I think I maybe shot like one YouTube video on it like a million years ago, and I should probably shoot another one, but. I'd go back and forth between stiff leg deadlifts and, and regular deadlifts back and forth to learn where your hips are because <laughs> a lot of people will go, Oh my God, my hips are in the same spot. And it's like, yeah, that's why we're doing them dude. <laughs> Cause they shouldn't be, you that's, know, that'll probably be me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so you do one rep, uh, you know, one rep stiff leg and one rep, uh, regular go back and forth, whichever one you start out with doesn't really make a difference. Um, and you could do that with sumo as well. Sumo stiff, stiff leg deadlifts are actually really beneficial too, but you got to be careful with them. You can, you can kill yourself on them. You got to, you know, keep the weights uh, very modest at first. Um, but that exercise alone, again, it can be, I would start with like 40 or 50% of your max just to get a feel for it. Maybe do three of each. So it'd be six reps total, move slow, move controlled and learn a lot about your back. I still to this day am trying to figure out like, do I set my back first and then my hips or do I set my hips first and then my back? Like I'm still always trying to figure out these things. And I went back and forth with a bunch of different uh, techniques and methods. Um, and that that's what you're going to be doing too. You're going to be messing with your stance and messing with your, 
your hands where they are. You're going to try to play with hook grip for a while. You're going to mm-hmm. try to go under over with the opposite hand. I mean, you're going to, you're going to want to explore it all because it's going to be worth it in the end. So try it, try that out. That's a, that's a great way to um, build up your deadlift, but it's a great uh, learning tool and it would be a secondary barbell movement. So it'd be after like a, a whatever your main intent of the day so, would be you would mix in those stiff leg deadlifts back and forth with regular deadlifts. Can you mix that in conjunction with like trying to uh, like, like right now I, I wouldn't want to slow anything down. Like, you know, I want to try to obtain a a really high deadlift number before this whole thing is over with me. Mm -hmm. Um, would I be able to combine that as an accessory movement, like a, a lighter weight, like stiff leg deadlift to figure out where my back is or, take everything away and not make any adjustments before I go for a big weight. Wait, what, what was your question? Like, should you, so like right now, like I, I, (laughs) you know, before the, the whole Sarmageddon things over, Mm -hmm. I want to pull a really big deadlift. Mm -hmm. But like, if I were to come in next week and Mark's like, Hey, we're not going over, you know, 135 because we're going to figure out, we're going to fix your deadlift right now. Like I would be a little bummed. Uh, you could you could still do it as an assistance so after that's, your deadlift, yeah, of course, because yeah. I just don't want to like make any big changes, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, there's x amount of weight on the bar, and try what we did last week. You know? Yeah, a lot of times when you're trying, when a lot of t- any time that you're trying something new, in my opinion, it should be done almost as the very last exercise of the day, um, and it should be done very, very, very lightly. If especially if you're trying something new with a barbell. Let's just say you got fired up and you wanted to try like an overhead squat. I would do an overhead squat with the bar. Maybe get like a little bit of weight on there for like one set, you know, a 10 or 25 or something. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's not a great idea when you first try an exercise out to try to have some heavy weight on there. You're going to probably blow something out. Especially not an overhead squat. Hey, it's Joey Lee. Joey. Good morning. MVP. Gold chain, gold watch. She ain't messing around. <laughs> Thanks, Joe Dog. I get my morning crack. Yee! That's, all right. Oh, now, if, if you guys are listening to now this, the so podcast, we just got starts. our coffee. So now the warm up's over. You know. <laughs> yeah, that might have sounded weird, actually. We're like, Joey get Lee. Morning crack. You get my morning crack. <laughs> I'm like, gold chain, gold. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, true. Uh, Sorry about that. Oh, God. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it's all the fun part of watching it live, though. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. talking about coffee, everybody. Let's just clarify that again. Yeah, mm. that, that BBC. Oh, wait, I guess it's, well. Big black coffee. It does take big and black and <laughs> like coffee. Oh, man, this mind bullet, man. Like, I just had three of them. I feel so good. Like, ah, you just start smiling. Mm-hmm. And you just, everything's just so nice. I, I've told... I, I've told Chris Bell, I'm like, dude, like, I don't know what's been going on, but usually when I leave here, I'll throw on an audio book, I'll throw on a podcast. I'm like, but man, every day I just like, oh, dude, let me dig into like these, you know, uh, my music list, my library. I'm like, oh, I haven't listened to this in so long. And I'm just like, so like just amped and, and just in love with the music. Yeah. And he's like, uh, it's probably just cause you're happier. You don't really want to focus on you know, like learning right now. And uh-huh. I'm like, dude, that's right. Cause I have been taking more mind bullet. Yeah. And I'm just like, by the time I go home, dude, I'm just, I mean, I'm talking like, like old school stuff, mm-hmm. like 
some really, really like the stuff that you would hear. You'd be like, oh, that's, you know, that's uh, like an old common song. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. Like this is the original sample. Like it's, yeah, dude. I wonder how many people listening just don't know who common is. Go to Spotify. Co- yeah. Originally known as common sense. How many mm-hmm. people know that? Probably less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's still around. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. know he's done like movies. And stuff. Yeah. I think that's what he's probably focusing more on but it's actually pretty damn good actor he's really man. good yeah, yeah he's really good just that talented voice of man his, that voice is just so deep just, mm, so yeah. sexy it really is it, it's almost <laughs> as good as yours uh no it's much better, <laughs> it's much better. <laughs> yeah every guest that comes on here is like why is this guy just trying to seduce me i don't know why they say that because i'm just speaking to them just talking to them. Just trying to get them to take their pants off <laughs> 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 i think that's really what's going on yeah uh yeah, man. The uh, last thing I want to mention on the, uh, you know, this whole sleeping thing and getting to bed on time, you know, just kind of ask yourself, like, like why, like, why are you staying up? Are you staying up because you are creative at night and you like to kind of work through the night a little bit? That that might be okay. Um, that might work great for you. You might be very successful doing that. But I would also look at like, you know, what are your food choices like during the day? And what are your food choices like at night? Because this might help you get to bed a lot earlier. Are you going to stay up later and just watch TV and then just eat some junk? I mean, that's not really, you know, look, you're, you're probably already getting 60 to 70% there in terms of your fitness, in terms of your strength. So if the option is, you know, should I stay up and watch another show and just like snack on a bunch of bullshit? You should probably just say, you know what? I, I want to make this, I want to make this sacrifice. I want to just, I'm just going to go to bed mm-hmm. and just fucking go to bed. Like make that decision. See what it looks like when you make that decision just five days in a row, just for five days in a row, even three days in a row. And I guarantee you that by the third day, you're going to wake up, you look at yourself in the mirror and go, Oh my God, like hmm. I'm quite a bit leaner than I was three days ago. Mm-hmm. That's how quick it can turn around. Those little, a little self sabotage that you might have while you're watching TV or while you're letting your guard down uh, could be the thing that's just messing up the other. You put all this effort in during the day. You work so hard for everything. You have a nine, you have a nine out of ten day going, and you kind of throw it all. You throw it all away kind of towards the end of the day, and you end up with like a six or a five, and a five or a six is just not enough to really make progress. So. You know, take it from somebody who's done, who self-sabotaged himself probably more than anybody in the history of the planet, myself, and just, you know, say, you know what, I'm going to just make this different for today. I'm just going to go to bed. Yeah. Get your ass in bed. Very true. You know, uh, I think uh, in that book, Matthew Walker talks about something called micro sleeps. It's when you don't get enough rest, right? And you find yourself just going like that all the time, right? I got in my first car accident because of a micro sleep. Oh, shit. Yeah, man. I was like. 2021 20, i wasn't getting enough rest because i like it like that you know, shit's finals. dangerous as hell it, it really is man it was finals and i remember i was driving down the road after work and then i remember boom and i hit a car like it was that quick and yeah. the, 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 the 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 crazy thing is man like if you 
you want to do this for your safety too, because when you have a micro sleep, it's not like driving drunk. And I'm not saying driving drunk is good, by the way, where you have like you can control your car a little bit, mm-hmm. right? A micro sleep in that in, in that mm-hmm. time where your eyes are closed, you literally every motor function just stops. So you're in literally like a rocket. And Matthew puts it like this in the book. You're like in a rocket going down at 50 miles per hour and nothing's stopping it. And that's how I got in my first ever car accident, my first car, you know? So like what I, I didn't realize that like, well, obviously I knew it was because I didn't have sleep, but when I realized what micro sleeps were, I was just like, God dang, why did I do that? Why mm-hmm. was I so stupid to put myself in that situation? That's, that's how I totaled my first car. Well, and if you're falling asleep <laughs> like that too, um, you know, maybe if you're in your twenties, probably not a huge problem, but if you're falling asleep like that and you're in your thirties and forties and fifties and maybe even upward, you might have sleep apnea. Like if you're falling asleep randomly during the day, like that is not, that is not normal. Now, if you're just fatigued because you got your ass kicked by the week, that's pretty normal, mm-hmm. you know, and you're, you're a hardworking person and you, every time you sit down in a chair, you fall asleep. That's, that's not that uncommon. That's not really what I'm talking about. But if you're falling asleep while people are talking to you or you're falling asleep like in a car or, uh, you know, just normal spots where you normally wouldn't fall asleep. You're taking notes on something and you fall asleep. Like that's not, that's abnormal. Yeah. And you need, and you need to look into it. And it's a medical condition and as sleep apnea can be extremely dangerous. Um, but no one really cares about how dangerous it is. They just care that it might be taken away from their gains. Right. So exactly. we'll stick more to that. You could be, <laughs> you could be more jacked. You can be in better shape because you're, uh, your resting uh, glucose levels could be better. They could be optimized better if you get better sleep. Your insulin levels could be a lot better. They they show that a lot of times, even like I don't I don't know how true some of these tests are, but um, or how accurate they are. But I I've heard people say that your insulin levels represent that of someone who's pre diabetic from one shitty night of sleep. Mm-hmm. Like that's how serious some of this stuff is, and maybe. You know, maybe Matthew Walker, he's got books to sell. So maybe he's a little, you know, but same time, it's like, I, I, shit, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that in a sense that I have felt stuff like that before. I have felt just off and I don't know why, you know, I might eat carbs, you know, that day and uh, feel my blood sugar be like all over the place. And I have no idea why. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, you didn't get any rest, you idiot. So, you know, that's your whole body, your whole mechanism, our whole system is set up off this premise that we're going to get a certain amount of sleep. Yeah. You got to get it in somehow. <laughs> you really do. Yeah, the hardest part for me has just been trying to get to bed early because like there's just too much going on. Mm-hmm. And I always keep saying like, oh, tomorrow I'll take a nap or I'll do this. And, you know, yeah, it just, it just doesn't happen. And it's it, hard. And it is also weird that it's right now, this time of the year, it's, it's not just light outside. It's like full on. The sun is no. out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're like excited. You On your drive home, you're like more excited than normal because it's, yeah. mm-hmm. it's like bright outside. Yeah. And it's really tough to tell your daughter like, no, nah, like we're getting ready to go to bed. And she's like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it doesn't, you know, it's hard for her to understand. Yeah. But yeah. My kids think I'm nuts. They're like, what? They're like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then extended family too. They're just like, what, what do you mean? Like it's. It's so early. What do you mean? They like, think it's not just you're going to sleep earlier. Yeah. Uh, let's. I'm not going to go on too long, but like in the book, it talks about like the way your circadian rhythm changes through your lifetime. And like for you, it makes sense that you're wanting to go to sleep earlier because of like how old you are. You're not an right. old man, but mm-hmm. you're, you're an old man. I'm getting close. <laughs> you know, but like, that's the thing. It makes sense. But you know what was really 
interesting about what he talked about the circadian rhythm changes of like teenagers mm. right because like apparently like teenagers when they get to 15 16 17 their circadian rhythm naturally changes to be later so they actually it's not that they want to stay up it's that their circadian rhythm changed that they want to go to bed or, or they should be going to bed at like 11 or, or midnight right? right and then he's talking about about like early school start times and how like that is really actually uh, like affecting kids because they yeah. want to go to sleep later. Yeah. They really can't fall asleep till like 11 and then they're forced to wake up at six or seven. Right. Don't get me started about so. school, man. School is fucked. <laughs> kids are at school for way too. I don't understand even what they're doing over there, but oh they're at school for way too long. My, I don't see my son until like around four, Yeah, you know, and it, it's just, so he's supposed to get home from school and he's supposed to have, I don't know, an hour half an hour or so like to kind of like unwind then we eat uh dinner and then it's like he's supposed to only do homework like and that's it and And my son's not even an athlete either so it's like what are these other kids that have baseball and basketball and wrestling practice how in the hell are they figuring out i mean we all had to figure it out at some point but it's just excessive i tried thinking back i was like do we need that much school like do we need it's you know i i think so i have always said i think the school is just set up for parents and not for kids because it's like, this is my nursery, right? Every day <laughs> I'm going to send my kids here and they're going to be there from, you know, uh, nine to, you know, or eight to four and which is around conveniently wrapped around the same time that I, you know, go to and come back from work. Right. Yeah. Because what the hell else would you do with your kids uh-huh. from that, from that point? But it, it's just, man would they they would learn a lot better if school was faster school was quicker it's like all right you're gonna be here for three hours not even any lunch Mm -hmm. like there's just like you go to school for three hours maybe they all get to kick it for an hour after that and then it's like boom they go home that's it how about having school all year round and having shorter days yeah right just like instead of having the summer vacation just have school all year and because like parents work all year mm-hmm. right right have shorter days of school so they're not spending eight hours in school that that might work but dude like i was i was literally thinking about this i'm like okay i i'm able to do what i want now in terms of work but there was a time in my life that i played sports and i went to school for eight hours of my day and i did homework that just sounds horrible mm-hmm. you know it, I, I can't Im- I, I can't even re- like think about how i did that yeah i remember coming home from uh, a basketball game my freshman year of high school yes i played basketball oh wow I know. <laughs> that's I crazy know. small forward <laughs> i was uh fat forward fat forward okay <laughs> yeah um <laughs> i uh so i came home from uh like a double we played two games in a row mm-hmm. of basketball and I had uh, a track practice that day too. And I didn't have to go to the track practice because my coach was like, hey, like, you know, I know you got basketball. And I was like, well, I was like, it's a home game, so <laughs> I can still make it to practice. But I was, you know, gone from, you know, 7 a.m. until 10 p.m. And like some of this stuff kind of happened for a while. And it's mm-hmm. like, I don't think anybody like, no one regulates it. No one's paying attention to any of mm-hmm. it. Um, I just kind of loved all of it. So I didn't, I didn't care, you mm-hmm. know, but, um, there's a lot of kids that are in those situations, even if they're not even in a sport, they're just in an after school activity. How are they supposed to do this after school activity and get home at seven, get homework done, be back in, like, how are they getting enough sleep? And then what's their nutrition like? Like how they don't have a lot of time getting out the door. Um, I mean, we can make all these excuses, right? But it does make things harder and it just, uh, 
it's just not the most effective way to go about doing it. And it's just the way it is because it's the way it is. And it's the way it's always been. It's yeah. stupid. Yeah, and dude, add up weird. Yeah. yeah. Adding social media into the mix, like oh, kids with social media. Like they, they, they have all these things. They have school. They have all this other stuff. And now they have this device that's totally taking their attention day by day. And they don't even realize how much it's doing that. You know, they're probably sitting in bed on Instagram or something. It's Could you imagine tough. having that much access to porn? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I had to work for my stuff when I was a teenager. I had to go on LimeWire and do all this. But now it's right there. You remember LimeWire, Andrew? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I messed up my, so many computers. I was going to say, my parents' computer with LimeWire, you couldn't walk by it. You would catch an STD. Like, my that's mom, how many viruses yeah. were on that computer. My, dude, my mom's like, why is the computer broken again? Like, oh, my. I don't know, mom. I mean, I think we got to, I think we got to change the internet or something. Something's going on. Yeah, man. Okay. Quick story. (laughs) (laughs) When I was a kid, man. Um, yeah. So like I started, I started down that road, like at 13, I discovered LimeWire and I was typing music and you just see like XXX this, you download it and you're just like, whoa, tits. Anyway. Um, so my uncle came and checked out my computer one day. This is why he was not a musician. <laughs> so my uncle two years later comes and he checks out the computer and he's like uh I, d- I make sure to try and delete all the history and delete everything right but he's a techie so he goes to some backlog yeah, thing and gotta clear never- the cash <sighs> and yeah he, he sees it <laughs> and then he tells my mom and yo so my mom she brings my best friend Brian Belia down to the house. I love where this story's going. Your mom <laughs> thinks you're a freak. Right? <laughs> and, and she's sitting there talking to me and she's telling Brian, Brian, look at your friend. Look at what your friend does. Oh. And she tells him about all the porn and oh. all this. And the thing is, Brian's sitting there and he's like, but he does the same thing. Yeah, he's, taking, <laughs> he's taking notes. <laughs> right. So, oh God, that was just like bad. And then I got the worst beating of my life on that day. It was, oh. Mm. The worst spanking of my life. It wasn't even. It wasn't yeah. Did your mom? Did your mom like? Uh, did she talk to you about anything, or she just? What do you think she was frustrated about? I think okay. So first off, it's she was in a very difficult position being a single mother with yeah. a son. Yeah. that's doing that. Like, we never had that talk. <laughs> so she she just she didn't ha- have any other way to express it to you that she just didn't think this was a good idea basically she, right she, she knew she was like she knew it was bad but she couldn't really tell me why right like that's the thing like she didn't know like she was just like this is this is bad for yeah, you, you what an awkward doing that. what an awkward <laughs> position to be in with you know a, a mom and a son right so right? it's like it's super like the the spanking is almost maybe better than the awkward conversation yeah. that yeah. may have happened right like she talked trust me she talked to me about it but she also spanked me for yeah. it. Like, like it, there was both. It wasn't just, oh, this, boom, you get spanked. But she talked. But, like, she couldn't, like, she just knew it was bad. And, like, she had my pastor. So my pastor talked to me about it. My uncle talked to me about it. But, no, you your know. parent, your mom's also religious and stuff. Yeah, too, yeah, so yeah. So that yeah. might play into that, too. Yeah, yeah it is weird because it's like, I don't know. It's like you didn't really do anything wrong. I just, yeah. But it's definitely, like, not a good path to go down. <laughs> For a young kid, because you just can't, uh, maybe you can't internalize what you're seeing. You, you know? don't know what you're seeing. You know? Yeah. And that's the thing. That right there, that phone, oh, bro, kids, kids got it rough. I had to work to get mine. And you had to work to get yours. You had to get, like, if you had to, oh, yeah. kid, you had Some, to find DVDs. <laughs> yeah, nudie magazines. Nudie magazines. <laughs> nudie mags, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, kids these days will not 
know the struggle and the the risk involved when clicking on a link or something. I, I'm sure I don't know if you guys had anything like this happen, but I remember there was like uh, a kid in school that like brought like a magazine into school, like in like fifth or sixth grade. We had a guy that mm. bring the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition in geometry yeah, class. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know why or how that. Ha- like, I don't know if the kid thinks he's cool. Like, and there's always just like this weird. Yeah, kid you don't want to. Sh- <laughs> I can't. I couldn't imagine be like, check this out. Like, yeah, Ima- yeah. Imagine. Yeah, imagine if like I, I brought in a magazine into work. <laughs> it's like guys, so like dude, like this. You got to check out this edition. You know, like this. Yeah. Is, look at this girl. Unbelievable. Like it's so weird, right? But yeah. I guess you're a kid, so. I mean, all bets are off, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we don't know better as kids. I've right. heard people say that they found magazines, like uh, uh, pornographic magazines, like in the woods. Yep. And I've heard that many times. I'm like, who are these weirdos that are dropping magazines in the woods? They're just what pa- is, they're paying it forward. Yeah, what is that story? <laughs> yeah. But I actually thought about having like a stash of magazines to like prevent my son from like messing around on the internet. I'm like, maybe I'll have some magazines not that bad. are like conveniently like halfway hidden, but yeah. not really. Yeah, you know what I mean, and like I'd rather it'd be safer. Like if he's looking through Playboy and Penthouse, hey, that's, it's like those are just naked chicks, and it's not yeah. a huge deal. And I don't, you know, but who knows what he'll get into on you know some of the free websites you got that's access way to. Better than internet, man. When I was a teenager, I went on a so- to a soccer trip in Vegas uh, for a tournament. I was like fifteen, sixteen. You know how down the strip they have all the little things of the naked women. Yeah. Yeah. So like oh, me and my teammates, we were like collecting them. And then like we would be like, hey, what'd you get, Matt? Oh, let me get that one. And we, like, we had them like trading cards. <laughs> Boys, bro, we're so stupid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I remember like, you know, like a lot of the 80s movies and stuff back in the day. <laughs> like you would see titties in them and stuff like that. And it would be like the most exciting thing in the world because they, like nowadays, it's, it's, it's you got so much access. Yeah, you, know, you have so much access. So, uh, you know, see, seeing a nipple in a TV show or something, just it wouldn't be that surprising, right? Yeah. Uh, even though they still have censorship and stuff. But I remember that as a kid, and like, like Revenge of the Nerds and these different <laughs> movies, you would see these like, you know, naked images, and they'd be like branded in your head forever because <laughs> it's like the coolest thing you ever seen at yeah. that at that time, you know. Yeah. And, and I just think things are way different now. I don't Man. know if things stick to you the same way they used to. You know, I don't uh, know. It's the other. They, I think they definitely affect you different. There's been research done on that. They affect <laughs> you differently. But uh, like we talked about this, man, VR is going to be a whole new game. I don't know. Did you guys watch that Black Mirror episode? People are going to be no spoilers. Like I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you haven't seen it. Okay, I'm not going to talk. That's about my it. homework for this weekend. I don't know if you watch Black Mirror, Mark. Do you watch? You it? mentioned it to me. I need to check it out. Yeah, I it, know. My, see, my my wife, she's the worst. She fucking watches everything. <laughs> I don't know how she does it because she's supposed to work for us. She's supposed to work for Slingshot. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, hey, let's you know, like we we go from like one series to the next just like a lot of other couples do right we watch some stuff together sometimes i dig it sometimes i don't but like we just that's something that we do together so we'll watch some different netflix stuff right and so um everything i ask her about though she's fucking seen already and i'm like where when what did you do it? how do you have time yeah. for this like you're you're a madman how do you how do you figure it out but yeah she's watched black mirror already she's you know i, yeah. I don't know is it has the it gone through its full you know, progression, is it done? Or is it over with? Or are they still yeah. running it? That yeah. fifth season just came out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I don't know if, uh, if this one's any different, but normally the uh, like episodes don't really have anything to do with each other. So oh, okay. it's like, it's, they're all like this short 
movies basically and it's pretty much it's re- it's called black mirror because like when you turn off your phone it's like a black screen ah, so that's right. the metaphor so it's the show is mainly a metaphor for like what technology can do in the future like the the different dark paths it can go down mm-hmm. and there's uh in the new season there's an episode and you'll see it in the preview yeah no we're all good but there's like vr stuff and right. it, it goes into like the depth of what vr can oh, like no. yeah yeah but um yeah man kids have vr porn now and that's that's a whole different type of deal because it's right there in the visor yeah i wonder i like i wonder if that'll be if that'll like surpass a real experience you know what i mean like (laughs) you already got a lot of dudes that like they don't really seek out real women anymore right because yeah they're so used to just like beating it every day (laughs) (laughs) And, and this is totally serious like a lot of dudes don't really have the urge to go find a woman because they're just like well you know just like i got it right here yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot less complicated, that's for sure. A lot yeah. less complicated. She, she, she's way more attractive. Less or, expensive. Yeah, you know? Well, so. I mean, and this is like a weird thing. Like, I, I wouldn't change anything in my past to get me to where I am right now. Mm-hmm. However, in high school, even junior high, high school, early college, yeah, I would be, I would have been so much further, like, on with my life if I didn't think about chicks. Like, if I could just... Rub one out over here and be like, all right, let's focus back on school. <laughs> like, I think I would have progressed so much better. <laughs> that's actually yeah. a ama- that's actually amazing conversation because, like, you know what, like, uh, <laughs> what if you could just take something that kind of did, like, just uh, like left you um, like suppressed? Yeah, like, yeah. like you just didn't care that much about it for a while. I think that would be amazing because yeah. if you could do that for just a couple years, yeah. Probably between the time you're like, I don't know, 17 and like 24. Yeah. Because then you can kind of get over that hump and you can be more mature and not like want to fuck everything in sight all the time. <laughs> For reals though. Oh, Taking uh, testosterone is a real trip because like, yeah, oh, it, it, it sends you down that path so much worse, right? Because <laughs> that's what it does. It heightens your yeah. libido and you're like, oh my God, it's really, it's, it makes it harder. <laughs> so to speak that's exciting can i get a, can i get a hey now, hey now. <laughs> makes yeah. everything harder what about like uh like trend and that sort of stuff i've heard some differing stories but so uh well anabolics in general like any any form of any form of steroid that you would take to get like bigger or stronger they can enhance your libido and they mm-hmm. can also suppress it they can as joe rogan has put it make you feel like your dick got run over by a truck oh god (laughs) yeah that's not good um there's things like deca and there's things like trend that can sometimes have a larger impact um on you know on on your ability to like get it up and things like that so it's really it really depends on like your your overall health too i think people like recklessly just take Mm. uh anabolics for like the doctor was saying that we just had on here, Dr. Lee, he was saying people just take them and they don't think about it. They don't get any blood work done. Um, and then they're wondering why they have problems. So they're, they can work really great in terms of like libido and in terms of uh, sexual performance and all these things. It can work great for those things for periods of time. Mm-hmm. But just like anything else, it, it, it will like dissipate over a period of time. So it's like you have to, you have to, yeah, it's it's complicated, and that's why I want. That's why, like, I thought having him on the show was great. And I, unfortunately, I don't think enough people really listen to what he said because he's not like Jay Cutler. Or he's not like this yeah. big, 
right? So like people want to know the extreme. Like just tell me the stack, bro. I just mm-hmm. want to be fucking jacked. Yeah. And it's like, no, dude, like I'm trying to tell you like this is a very complicated thing. Like do you want to have kids? You know, because if you do, it's probably not probably not a great idea to take these. You know, I I had Jake before I ever took anything. And then when I had Quinn, I had to come off and coming off was actually really hard and it was pain in the ass and it was, um, it was difficult. It was very difficult. And then fortunately I was able to have Quinn, but what if I wasn't able to have, like that would change my life forever. Right. That would be way different. Um, I wouldn't know what it would be like to have her and I wouldn't know what it would like otherwise. Right. But, um, it's just something that really serious, like it's a very serious thing to really think about. And, I think that people kind of take it too lightly. But the gist of it is, if you take some, it can be really effective and it can help you a lot. Um, you just have to be kind of careful that you don't end up going down that rabbit hole mm-hmm. where you just want to take more and more and more of it yeah. and stay on it forever. Yeah. I'm really happy we had Lester on because um, it, like you said, it'll, it'll help educate a lot of people into the, because that world is difficult, you know? And I think uh, Andrew mentioned something the other day to me um, and I was like, you're probably saving a lot of future lives because what, what did some guy message oh, you or what, dude. what did you see? Well, yeah. You had to go and just, I mean, literally like chills when you said it, mm-hmm. but, um, no, somebody had come up to me at the seminar and they're like, dude, Starmageddon saved my life. And I'm like, well, well please continue. Mm-hmm. And, uh, basically he just wanted to follow like the whole protocol that I did, um, starting with the blood work and then going from there. Um, cause he, he's been working hard and he's just like, I'm not really making the progress everyone else in the gym is like, mm-hmm. it's really frustrating. So I wanted to, you know, kind of follow suit. And when he got his blood work back, his testosterone level was, uh, one thirty, mm-hmm. and he's like, Oh, well that's what it is. It has no, you know, I don't even need to bother with SARM. So he's now on TRT and he's like, uh, talking about how like just everything's so much better now he's in a more positive mood uh his girlfriend is like he's a different person he's so much better now and then um what actually this is what you were talking about um the uh, the bhrt doctor and my buddy nick that i interviewed for last week's episode were like yeah you need to keep your um your dosages at 20 milligrams and i'm like okay yeah that that makes a lot of sense and somebody had dm'd me and they're like I've been taking a hundred milligrams per day. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you are way over, you know? And then, so that's when Insema was like, people just don't know. They don't know what the hell they're getting into. They don't know what's right. What's wrong. He's like, you know, so I was telling him like, you know, I'm, I'm helping a lot of people. And he's like, think about the people that you're going to help the, like, or how did you say it? Like, I can't even like, think it. about the amount of guys that are like, maybe they're doing something right now that could potentially stop them from having kids. They hear about this kind of stuff. They start doing it correctly. They can have children and you're saving future lives. Like, yeah. They're going to be little babies that are that mm-hmm. are born because they now have the education or their parent now has the education and they had them safely. Like you, you're saving kids that haven't been born yet, Andrew. Yeah. And you too, Mark. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Shit. Yeah. That's what that, that hit me really hard because I'm yeah. just like, oh, my gosh. Like I'm just thinking about the, about the people that are considering it right now or the, anybody that I can help. But you're right. Like, well, yeah. That, there's been a lot of relationships that end, you know, because mm-hmm. like yeah. it's so frustrating sometimes because people can't sometimes <clears throat> sometimes they're not compatible for various reasons. But like, what if that was a thing like in your relationship and you right? like, I don't know, it's these are they're definitely things to think about, yeah. you know, and uh, it's kind of understandable sometimes when 
an 18 year old kid or someone who's 20 or something like that. It's just like, ah, fuck it. I'm going to go for it. It's kind of understandable, but for anyone who's a little bit older, a little bit more mature, that's actually paying attention. Yeah. Shouldn't be just diving into this stuff recklessly. You know, we like to have fun. We like to be jacked and we like to kid about it and stuff. But it's, a, in my opinion, it's a very serious thing. And I think, you know, you go back and watch bigger, stronger, faster. And I think, it's really easy to get caught up in like the home runs that are getting hit. It's easy to get caught up in some of the, like the power lifting and stuff that you see in there and, and some of the things that are shown in there. But if you really are paying attention, um, the movie, the movie does a good job of teaching you like, Hey, like this is a serious decision and you shouldn't, uh, shouldn't take it lightly. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to name any names or anything, but something that, uh, I think is really, really irresponsible. And I get how people like really like being honest now about their drug use, which is good. You should be honest if you're taking stuff, but there are a lot of, there are a lot of younger guys on YouTube that, that are taking a lot of stuff and they're sharing all the stuff they're taking, but it's not probably that smart. Like Mm -hmm. they're probably just doing too much, you know, and they're saying, Oh, this is my stack and this is what I'm taking. And every, every kid that watches them is like, that's what I should do too. (laughs) But it's just so damn irresponsible. Like it's, it's cool. You're sharing and you're being honest, but you're also being super irresponsible because you're, you're now being, you're, you're having an impression on young, young individuals that don't know what the hell. And where'd you get your information? Yeah. Where'd you get your, yeah, exactly. From dude. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, what I would like for everyone to do is just train, you know, just, just train, just work, work hard, train, Put in some time, legitimately give stuff time, like give it some time, give your diet some time, give your training uh, uh, some time and ask yourself some questions. You know, are you at like a five, a six out of 10 in terms of your effort? Um, are you able to put in more effort or are you not able to, you know, start to kind of walk yourself down some of these uh, roads and start to kind of figure out you know what? It does make sense for me to do this now because I do feel like I'm at the end of the line. I don't really feel like I can put in much more effort. Um, nutrition is, is pretty good. I'm pretty good on a lot of these other things. I just want to be stronger. So I am going to, you know, make that leap. But nowadays too, it's not that hard to find doctors. It's not that far. It's not that hard to find a doctor. You may not find someone who's smart as, uh, as Dr. Lee was, but you know, maybe you can find, uh, just a doctor that can help read your blood and help prescribe it for you. So it's also not, now you're not doing some uh, parking lot deal as he was mentioning in the, in the show, Mm -hmm. you're doing it more, um, more on the up and up anyway, shifting gears. Uh, what'd you think about having Kings boo here? Kingsbury. Uh, Kingsbury is awesome, man. Kingsbury sounds like royalty. Yeah. yeah. He's always great. Thinking about his kids names, man, bear Kingsbury and potentially wolf Kingsbury. Like, those are those are gonna be some regal kids, but yeah, man, Kingsbury, he was awesome. Um, his the the whole human optimization thing. I really like him because he is doing the things that I like to do, and he's doing it on a really high level. Like I like to learn about a lot of new things because first off, I like to use it on people I work with, but I like to use it on myself. I want to figure out ways to optimize everything I do because if I can live if I can live a longer life, I can do more things with that life, right? So he's just an awesome dude, lots of awesome information. He's like um, mixing performance and health together, which is yeah. cool because like a lot of times we hear so much about performance and it's like regardless of your health. And it's like, mm-hmm. well that's not great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
and he's a he's a high performer too like he he's he's one of those people that's just super interested in not just learning and consuming we talked about that there are individuals that just like read and read and read and read but he takes action on all these things and something that really impressed me when we were talking was like he's not only learning about these things and talking about it in his podcast like he lives it like you talk about knowing having no chairs in his house and having a trampoline and mm-hmm. doing all these things like he lives about what he talks about. He's not just someone that yaps, 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 yaps and has a bunch of information to tell. He's a living embodiment of the things that he preaches, which is it, you see that, but you don't see that a lot. You see a lot of people that talk about this and then they, they do something else. Now in that's, the corner. A, that's a true leader. And I think that's what I'm attracted to with him. I, I, I love having that guy around. I'm always inspired by him, even though he like. He couldn't be any different than me. Like we're, we're very different people, but Mm -hmm. uh, I love having him around because like you get that feel when you're around him, uh, that he is a leader, you know, like you said, going into his house and it's like, no, we're going to sit like Indian style on the floor and like eat. And I'm like, okay, I'll try to figure this out. (laughs) Uh, it was different. Um, and, uh, yeah, we had some awesome food. There was nothing unhealthy, like even in his house at all. I don't, from what I remember in terms of food anyway. And uh, yeah, trampoline in front of the TV and uh, you know, bear had all his like toys out and it was very much set up for like their child. Like the house Mm -hmm. was set up for their kid. And I I just, it's really cool to go into somebody else's home and kind of see like, okay, like these people are living their life for their kid, which is, which is really cool. Like what a great uh, environment. And then Bear is such a, such a little beast jumping around the, the house uh, like a maniac. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we did get into the uh, conversation of uh, the open marriage thing. And, you know, I, I'm I'm fairly open with stuff and I, I'm fairly accepting. But it, even with him being my friend and everything, I'm kind of thinking, man, like, I don't I don't I don't like talking about this that much because I don't want other people to like to hate on him because I like him so much and he he's a good friend of mine. Um, so I, I was kind of nervous as we were walking through that, even though, you know, I was, I was the one kind of pressing some of the questions, but I thought it was important You know, I thought it was important to talk about and to, you know, kind of figure out like, why, like, mm-hmm. why would you, why would you choose to go down this road that could potentially be, uh, it's super dangerous and super destructive to the, your relationship. Yeah. That man, like, first off, I, when people hear that, you know, like we, we were talking, you know, they, they can hear everything. They could be cool. Right. Um, but once they hear that, they immediately turn off. It, it's, I look at that type of thing. Yeah. I may not, I don't actually, I really don't agree with it. You know, I, it's not for me, but at the same time, just because like, that's something that he chooses to do doesn't make him any different of a person. In my opinion, he's just someone who does things differently than I do. That's literally just it. Right. You know, and if you, if you're, because I think a majority of people feel that like they that's not something they want to do, then just that's fine. It doesn't change the information he puts forward. It doesn't change the type of leader he is. Like he still has a lot of great information. Um, but yeah, like I, that, that, that still isn't for me. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I don't have that. I don't have that uh, bandwidth to handle that stress. <laughs> no, yeah. More than one woman. I forget about oh. that. <laughs> and that when, uh, you know, they were talking about how they want, you know, they're going for another, another baby. I didn't have the balls to ask, and I also I just felt like it was quite very much disrespectful. But you know, when Natasha gets pregnant, like whose baby is it, kind of thing? Yeah, like what, like you do, like DNA test, like how, like yeah, because there's someone else. 
they're yeah. all, you know what I mean? Like they probably have guidelines or something set up, you know, yeah. I'd imagine so. But yeah. like, I mean, shit, if <laughs> I just, it's, it's not a relationship. Uh, Baby's you know, like half Asian or something. You're like, I, mean. uh, I wish you could, got some questions yeah. on this. I wish you could pull this video up, Andrew. I don't know if you'd be able to find it in time, but there's this video of this African soccer player who he's doing an interview post game. And he's like, he's talking to the reporter. He's like, I'd like to thank my girlfriend and my, oh, oh, no, 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 no. My, my wife, my wife, baby, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, baby. Please forgive me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> now, <laughs> Bingo gets himself in some deep water. <laughs> yeah, he, he really had a girlfriend, but um, when, when Kyle, because uh, he, ah, yeah, I think this is it. Oh, man. All right. Well, so, so what happened was Kyle said something and then he said, um, my wife's boyfriend and it reminded me of the video yeah yeah i always wish to win one of these and 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 i got it so thank you very much for 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 this for giving me this and i appreciate my fans also my wife and my girlfriend yeah, i mean my wife yeah sorry to say i'm so i'm so sorry my wife Lizzo, i love you so much aya i love you so much i love you so much so must keep on supporting me and thanks for for you know he's out he's done oh my god <laughs> oh, you know he's man. trying to explain it too like i just got done with the game and like you're my girl you're, you're my friend and you're my soulmate and <laughs> we're like best friends and but oh, on man. top of that you're my wife yeah he's trying to explain it all right and he's just yeah. like digging himself a deeper ditch yeah but um brutal yeah man i First off, also, I hope no one takes uh, the the thing serious about me doing UFC because I made that post like started getting a bunch of comments and DMs like, dude, that's so awesome. You're stepping the octagon. Blah. No, I'm, I'm not. Like, what? No, no, it's not oh. going to happen. I'm just sticking to Giju. We signed you up to fight Bones Jones. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're going to have to get me out of that. I'm not trying to die. So I just want to make that clear, guys. I'm not stepping into the octagon. I do want to learn other martial arts in the future, yeah. like, like boxing and stuff, but I'm not stepping in the octagon. People are funny, huh? Complicated, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Complicated. Yeah. That was a sick picture, though. Your abs were insane. Yeah, man. Yeah, they they were. Thank you. <laughs> hey, you so were Kyle's. You yeah. looked ready to rock. Yeah, yeah. He's he's always in in good shape. And you know, I I was uh so I, I went we had date night last night with the wifey. My kids they finished up their last day of school, and uh, my daughter went to uh, her first school dance. And uh, oh. I told her, I said, hey, you know, you got one rule. And she's like, what's that? I said, no talking to boys. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and she gave me a hug and she kind of went, went on her way. And then when she came back, I was like, did you talk to any boys? She's like, there weren't even any boys there. And I'm like, they were probably there. They're probably just like off in the corner. She goes, yeah, I think so too. She's like, I didn't see many of them though. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hiding in the corner. You know how it yeah. goes. Like there's the girls on one side and the boys on the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was pretty weird. I bet. You know, to, to see her like, you know, she doesn't really kind of always like just rocking like a sweatshirt, you know, yeah. and she's not really like, she's not a girly girl, mm-hmm. you know, and so to see her dressed up last night with her hair done and stuff like that was, was super cute. Yeah, she looked that must awesome. Have been a little yeah. emotional, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Jasmine's been going to like her elementary school dances since like she f- first learned about them. Uh-huh. 
once music starts playing, you can't get that kid to not dance. It's great. Bruh, when I was a kid, like there were so many dances, but I, uh, my mom just didn't let me go to something. She's like, what are you going to do with, huh? Like th- talk to girls. Are you going to marry them? I was like, uh, no. Like she's like, oh, so, so what's, what's, what's a dance? Huh? Like, no. So I only went to like senior ball. That's like the only dance I went to. That's it's all good, but that's, that's Africans, great. man. That's actually great though. <laughs> <laughs> You know, your mom was trying to probably keep you from like I don't know some puppy love, right? Where it's just like mm. a huge distraction, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah, right? she kids was right. Are, kids are getting in relationships at you know really young ages, and it's like I don't know what are you doing together because you shouldn't be doing too much, you know. Right. So how long are you going to be together for? And I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that and because of that, like that's that's why I look at relationships the way I do. I've never gotten a relationship that I wasn't serious about, like literally. So if it didn't have an intention, it wasn't going to happen. Is our relationship serious? Uh, <laughs> let's not talk about it on the podcast, Mark. Okay. This yeah. is the place. Whoops, working on it. Okay, Andrew, please delete that little part. Please. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need that on here. I don't need drama in my life now. It's already live. So, oh, so have either one of you brought up to your uh, girlfriends? Uh, about Kyle, about about, about Kyle's open, open relationship. Uh, I mentioned to her that we talked about it, but but uh, I, I like because we talked about open relationship stuff. In Did the your past. girlfriend get like defensive right away about it? She didn't get defensive, no. Um, because I was actually talking to her. I was like, hey. Uh, so I want to talk to you about this game because I just want to make sure that we're still in the same ballpark here. You know, like <laughs> you know, I'm not about this, right? And she's like. Uh, you know, I've become a little bit more open to it recently. I'm like, wait, what? It's like, no, no, I'm joking. I'm not open to oh, it man. for myself, right? But I'm less judgmental on the people that do it. Like, I can see why they do it, and it's it's good for them. But I'm not open to it for myself. So she tried effing with me for a little bit, which awesome. for a second I was like, girl, don't 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 do that right now. Uh-uh. Yeah, I was actually uh, I was. <sighs> I knew Stephanie was going to be bummed. She loves Natasha and she loves Kingsbury. She, it's like she wa- she wants us to be like them, like just a bunch of hippies, like running around naked and, you know, <laughs> sitting on the floor to eat, you know, an awesome salad and whatnot. And I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, like Kyle and Natasha have an open marriage now. And her response was like, dang it, Aubrey. She's like, <laughs> she blamed Aubrey. Yeah. I mean, cause I don't know. I feel like maybe yeah, if definitely you, an influence yeah, her. he definitely influenced her yeah, or yeah. influenced him, them. So she was pretty heartbroken to be honest. Cause she loves them. And she's like, Oh no, like I don't want anything to get weird. And yeah. Like, man, they're still awesome people, bro. Like I want, I want to continue saying like people realize you're still dope people. So yeah, no, she definitely, she's not going to like unfollow them or yeah, anything, yeah. but she just like hopes that like, you know, they, there's no problems or anything weird that can happen between them as a like couple and a family. I guess something, you know, something I, I didn't ask, but it's almost like, uh, and I know that they got married first and then they had the open relationship. Uh, but it would kind of beg the question of why get married? Um, right. Like, and then like it also, the whole conversation of an open marriage, uh, makes you kind of rethink everything a little bit. Like, uh, is that a uh, perhaps further evolution or is it like de-evolution or is ma- like is marriage a made up thing by religion or are we supposed to be married? You know, like, yeah. you know, if, if you're uh, if you're religious, then you're going to believe the things that are in, laid out in the Bible, which I, you know, I'm not super religious, so I don't even know what those things would be. Mm-hmm. But I would imagine that marriage, you know, probably came from like religion and um it's just 
as we mentioned earlier with the school system, the school system just is the way it is because it's kind of always been that way. Yeah. And uh, we just kind of follow everybody else. So uh, we have a girlfriend and then we get engaged. We have a fiance for like a, it's like a midterm contract, you know, short term (laughs) contract, but it is a, it is kind of a a mutual, uh, you know, agreement without Mm -hmm. an actual contract. And then there's marriage, which is kind of like, uh, the final nail in the coffin. I mean, uh, (laughs) the, uh, the, uh, you know, real contract that kind of binds you together, you know? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, all of it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm Christian, but when it comes to like that, it, when when I really think about it, it's not because like of my Christianity or whatever that I choose to be monogamous. It's just like it's what it's what feels right for me. Mm-hmm. Like uh, my grandfather had multiple wives. My grand my mom's dad had multiple wives. He had a few, right? And that was that's just normal. But I <laughs> like some people when they hear that they're like, oh yeah. But when I when I hear that, I'm just like <laughs> so much stress. <laughs> like I could I don't want to deal with more than one woman. I want to like just that's just like I just want to deal with one woman, love that one woman, and that we're good. I don't need more. Like that's just I don't want more, right? Some people they they just like want to have a harem and they want to be able to, you know, right. mess with a lot of different women. Um is so, it different in, is it different in Africa? Um well, or did it used somewhere. to be? It, it used to be. It's not. Um, there are still men that do that over there. Uh, the, yeah, there are still men that do that over there. But like back in the fifties or whatever, whatever. Yeah, fifties, sixties, forties. Um, it was more normal for like like men, and he was like a chief, you know, mm-hmm. to have multiple wives. Like he he literally would have one have children with him, then have another one have children, have another one have children. It was it was normal. Yeah. Um, Nowadays, there are still people that do that, not as often. Um, and you, you'll see that in a bunch of other countries too, like uh, like in, in the Middle East. You'll see that a lot in the Middle yeah. East. So um, you just don't see that as much here. But even so, like different people have different propensities. You know what I mean? So different people, they, they don't feel it's wrong for them to, you know, be with multiple people. For me, it's not that I feel that it's wrong. It's just that I don't even feel it to be an attractive thing for like, I don't, I don't feel attracted to that in any sense. So it's just like, if you're wired that way, then allow yourself to be wired that way without really, if that's just your lifestyle, that's it. Right. You know? Yeah. It makes sense to me. Yeah. I think, um, I think when it comes to, to children, I think it's pretty obvious that, that children need, uh, that, that children need to be, raised by somebody you know um they need someone to be around i don't know if that's a reason for marriage or or really what you know but um marriage aside it does seem like it 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 does it does seem like it feels right you know but maybe it feels right for me and maybe it feels right for you but maybe it doesn't feel right for someone else yeah you know i don't know not not, exactly not not everyone first like it is culturally accepted to, to like get married but i don't even when, when i think about marriage or like the the legal side of it um that's not even the biggest deal to me the biggest deal to me is like finding someone that you know i want to be with and i mm. want to spend my life with and right. yeah we'll get married but it's not really the marriage that consolidates things it's 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 the way that we feel about each other and what we know about each other in the marriage, just like, okay, that that's that, but it's, it's a not byproduct. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like graduating from college or something like, uh, 
you're not any different on graduation day because mm-hmm. you got a diploma. Yeah. Like you you work through this journey, and whether they had a di- whether they had a certificate for you or not, you're better off than you were before. Exactly. You're further advanced than you were before, and I guess you can like look at your relationship the same way. If you've been together for eight years, you're further along than you were mm-hmm. eight years ago, whether you're married or not. Yeah, ladies, <laughs> <laughs> stop bugging us. Yeah. We'll get around to it. Yeah, but a lot Andrew. doesn't need to be thought about. <laughs> I'm working on it. A lot does need to be thought about, though, in terms of that, because like the divorce rate's super high, man. Yeah, the divorce rate is super high. So, like, yeah, marriage is cool, but there's definitely something that we're missing out on because, like, what, what's it, like, for high forty percentage of it's of high. Couples? I'll look it up, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah, damn high. So, well, it's understandable too. I I think that people tend to change a lot, and if you don't change and grow together, then there could be. There could be issues. You know, I have friends that have, uh, I've seen kind of b- before my very eyes, I've seen them change a lot. And it's not, it's not that they, they change in any sort of negative way. They just changed and grew in a certain way and their wife didn't, you know, one person, uh, you know, may have been after, um, something totally different than the other. Mm. And it might be something totally different than what they got together for. So like in your case, um, lifting has been a huge part of your life. So it's of no surprise to your girlfriend that you're into fitness and that you're right. Let's fast forward and let's just say you're into something, uh, way different down the line, right? Well, that might not work anymore because mm-hmm. maybe you love doing that more than you love to do any, maybe it's like fishing or maybe it's like rock climbing or who the hell knows what it is, but maybe it's more complicated and maybe it makes you away more. Maybe it doesn't work you know, for the relationship. So we see that a lot, you know, where there's like this kind of like thing, you know, what I've seen too is like social media, um, people becoming quote unquote famous that has played into things a lot. Um, and people just, man, it sucks to say it, but people just losing themselves a little bit. It's like, man, you, you kind of fell into a trap, you know, you, you're kind of like buying into, uh, your own hype which is like hyped up by people that don't know you or really actually maybe they think they care about you, but if you weren't there today, they, they wouldn't be by, they wouldn't be by your side. If you got seriously injured or hurt, Yeah, they, they're not going to be at your funeral. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, so as you get older, you become a little bit more responsible and you start to kind of think about those things. You're like, who are the people that love me? Who are the people that really care that are like really there? And, um, that's the most important shit. And you got to figure out a way to make that stuff work. Yeah. So yeah, I've gotten different numbers, but yeah, it's like 40, 50%. However, since 2008, um, it's dropped 18% thanks to millennials because they're like going to school, not getting married. They're like trying to set themselves up first before they hop into a, yeah. Yeah. They used to say financial stress was always a big, deal so i guess that would make a lot of sense if you got your shit together first school debt school loans man that's that that's that's one thing that's stopping a lot of millennials from getting married those you don't think about it but then when you're 60 70 thousand dollars in debt Mm. and you're 25 years old it's rough yeah yeah that is a that is a big deal anyway when I brought up to my wife that Kyle Kingsbury was in an open relationship <laughs> on our date night, I'll, I'll have, you know, I, you know, I'm like, Hey, you know, I had Kyle on the podcast. It's great having him around. And, um, 
you know, a lot, a lot of cool things came up on the podcast, but I said, Hey, you know, he's, he's in this, uh, you know, open marriage. And my wife right away says, did, Oh, did he, did, did Kyle ask about me? Yeah, you, you mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, wait, what? And she was like, she's like, oh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, but we, you know, we talked about it a lot and actually it, it definitely got like, uh, uncomfortable a little bit, but we both have the same, both share the same feelings, but she was kind of, um, you know, almost like defensive about it. And I'm, you know, I was like, I'm not even going to say anything because if I say anything defensive as in defended it or no, no, she was defensive, like almost in terms of like, um, like don't get any ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like she knows that I, I like Kyle a lot and she's probably thinking like, don't be, you know, I don't want you to get, you know, influenced mm-hmm. by this in any, in any way. Um, but we, we talked through it and it actually it's, I think all these things, look, man, it's not good to sweep stuff under the rug, you know, because mm-hmm. eventually, eventually you're going to have to move. There'll be a moving day. And when you have to move all that shit that's underneath the rug is going to be piled up. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's always, even if you fight, even if you throw a couple punches at each other, I think it's, uh, not literally. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, even like I, what I meant by punches is like, even if you hurt each other's feelings, it's better than not talking about it. You know, I've been married for a long time and it, it makes a difference to like, you, you sometimes need to go there. You mm. sometimes need to talk to somebody and tell them, uh, what you like, what you don't like. You didn't like, you know, how, how they treated you or they didn't like, uh, the way they handled a certain situation with another person or a- anything like it, it's just better just to, I didn't like that. You, uh, you know, hug that guy that way or what it, it doesn't matter even whether it's right or wrong. You gotta, you gotta voice it. Cause mm. otherwise, like I said, you'll just keep sweeping <laughs> under the rug. Oh yeah. Yeah. And jealousy is a motherfucker. You know, that's a tough one. So mm-hmm. I don't know how they deal with that in those open relationships. Yeah, I think, well, he said he still, like, he still feels it, but it's just something that you're like, well, I, I love you that much. So, (laughs) which didn't make any sense to us, but whatever. Yeah, man, I can't do it. Can't do it. What else you got over there, Andrew? Uh, Just trying to figure out some, uh, because I was just trying to figure out your life right now. Yeah. Well, no, it's funny because I was talking about the guy that told me that he's on TRT now, uh, someone else with the same name was said the exact same thing happened to him that mm. he ended up having low tests, but I was trying to figure out, um, like his insurance will cover up to a certain like amount of testosterone or whatever, yeah. but because he was over that limit, they didn't cover him. So it's just like, I was trying to ask him right now, but I got you covered, bro. Uh, okay, cool. Thanks Mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so weird. You, you were consulting with somebody. I guess we don't need to name names, but they were giving you all of the uh, symptoms of, you know, like, oh, man, I'm kind of moping. I'm a little depressed. And you're like, oh, you just need tests. Yeah, I got to go to the doctor. I don't worry. I got you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah, I got you all day yeah. long, brother. Yeah. Oh, it is funny that your insurance will cover some of it. I mean, that's, that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. yeah. You know, because for some people, it could really make a big difference. I really hope a lot of people take a listen to that episode. Like if you guys haven't listened to that Lester Lee episode, you really should. Because um, I think, again, the big thing that I took away from it is that, yeah, a lot of these interventions are necessary, but do realize that a lot of people listening that think that they do suffer from low test or hormonal issues 
if you get the things like, you know, enough sleep, your nutrition, and you start being a little bit more active, mm. you can fix a lot of things on your own. You know, yeah. and the sooner or later, yeah, you can you can get TRT or whatever later and later in life if it when it becomes really necessary. But earlier on, you could really fix these things if you get better habits, and that's really comforting to know that you can just kind of sail your own ship that way with making simple habit changes. Mm-hmm. You know, they could make that big of a difference. It's, it's that's crazy. what we're trying to teach people here is to you know be able to fix themselves in some way, uh, whether it's uh, just in your day to day life or whether it's in you know trying to get better sleep. Um, and, you know, improving your training, but a, so many things can be, uh, so many things can be fixed through just better sleep, through better training, uh, through better nutrition. Your nutrition is pro- probably the most important thing because I, I don't believe that I, I do believe if your nutrition is messed up, it will impact your sleep. Of course. And so I think that maybe they're tied for first as like priorities. And then everything else kind of would be down from there. And, and obviously we got to get to the gym, but everyone that listens to this podcast. I don't think that's a problem. I think you're all getting to the gym, but maybe you're not, you know, taking the sleep and nutrition as, you know, as for being very important, even just having a uh, glass of wine or something like that, or a beer before bed. It's just, it's, um, you just have to understand. It doesn't mean you can't ever do it. It just means that uh, it's going against some of your goals. You want to be bigger. You want to be stronger. You want to be faster. It's pulling. It's pulling you. It's it's pulling against you. And so, you got to just weigh that out. Is it worth it? Sometimes it might be. Strength is never a weakness. Weakness is never strength. Catch you guys later. Bye.